What's up, sports fans? This is the Majors Live on the Majors.net. We're coming at you with webisode number 62. It's day 2,189 in the search for Tim Sheveldey. Tip is out sick this week. Get well soon, Tip. But we got Lickalus, and of course we have our host, the man who next weekend is going to try to be the first woman to win the Indy 500 before <laughs> Danica Patrick or Simone De Silvestro, Adam Hernandez. <laughs> I didn't know that's what you were going to come out with. <laughs> if I knew that's what you were going to come out with, I wouldn't have told you. <laughs> the last 10 minutes was spent with, uh, with uh, Squirrel going, Hey, uh, Adam, Adam, who, who, who are the girls? <laughs> hey, what's, what's that other what's, chick's what's name? What's the other chick's name? <laughs> and that's hilarious, dude. That I thought, is I thought, awesome. Yeah, I thought you were putting something together that was going to be. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> that was great, that, dude. That was, that, that was the plan. That was you great. Made, yeah, you made it sound like Ligola said so important. Like it was... Uh, <laughs> It, it now makes sense why you were like wanted it like right now. I, I couldn't remember that chick's name. For what is it, Adam? I, Danica Patrick. Everybody knows, but <laughs> I could not remember Simone Diesel. You know what? I'm glad you don't have your computer this week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh yeah, I made it much much better. <laughs> is this Simone girl as good looking as Danica Patrick? You know what? No, um, no, no, I didn't think so. No, Danica Danica Patrick's still the best looking one on there. Yeah. Like I said, Milka Duno was the best one. On yeah, the she, was, she was cute. Yo, man, she was, and she was Venezuelan. And guess what her sponsor was? What? Sitco. Uh, makes yeah, sense. Makes sense. <laughs> um, like this, this pipe of man. She looks kind of like a like a pterodactyl like a, a little bit. Yeah, she's not that. Good. No, she's and the, you a can tell they're trying. They're trying really hard to make her look how pretty. Ma- how, how many beers? How many beers? As Pippa Mart, Pippa Man, Pippa Man, yeah, Pippa Man. I'd say is nine beers away. Nine beers. Yeah. Okay. What about Anna Beatrice? Um, right there. Oh, I eleven. Oh man, eleven. Yeah. See, I don't know. I think Anna Beatrice may. You think, think she's cuter? I think she might be better looking than Simone De Silvestro. I'm just gonna go with the flat, like five. Oh, see, know, I, think, I think, I think, I think, I think she might be the worst one. And Danica Patrick. I'm not a huge fan of Danica Patrick, but uh, I'm gonna, I, I'll go negative one. I, I negative that. one. Yeah. I oh Danica yeah. Patrick. I mean, I'm, I'm not crazy about her like some people are, but I mean, I wouldn't kick her out of bed. She's cute. Oh no, definitely. You know, well, that that leads us to our fan question this week. And, mm-hmm. and will you be watching the Indy 500 this weekend? Because mm-hmm. they call it the greatest spectacle in racing. It is it, the Indy oh, Five Hundred. Cool. The Indy Five Hundred is very, very cool. I'll, I'll be attending it this weekend. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to get some good, uh, some good stuff to come back with next week. But uh, it is. It is very. It is, it's a lot of fun. I'm not a fan of NASCAR at all. I, I don't like NASCAR, um, frankly, because it's on too often. It's you know, like their season is almost the it's entire like, year. It's thirteen months, isn't it? The season. Pretty much. They, they overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It. It. it in all seriousness, it's like I think they I think they're off for like a month, mm-hmm. maybe a month, and then that's it, and then they're back at it in January with uh, the Daytona 500. Yeah, considering um, you know the prep and stuff that goes into all this, I'm not sure that the crews even get any time off. You know, I You're don't right. I don't know that there even is an off season for them. Yeah, because you know, they honestly get the last week of the year off or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you're thinking probably you know a month and a half or something. Yeah, they maybe get a few days for Christmas or something. Yeah, no, you know, exactly. I mean, is I'm thinking what they probably get. I, I am an NASCAR fan, as you know, Adam. But I just, yeah, there there are some some really annoying things going on with NASCAR, and one of which too is that they want they like to build the Daytona 500 as a Super Bowl of NASCAR. Mm. But 
I just don't get the, the first. You can't have the first thing. I realize it's big to them, but it's not like the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl picks the champion. Yeah. And the Daytona 500 doesn't. It's not worth any more than any other race. It's just a race. It is. It's, it's just a race. The it's only cool thing one. is fun one to watch. Yeah. The only thing about it is it's at it's at the Daytona Motor Speedway. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's that's absolutely. Yeah, but it. don't they race there again? Like yeah, they the, do. The Brickyard. Yeah. Is that what the Brickyard is? No, the Brickyard's at the Indy 500. It's it, in Indianapolis oh. Motor Speedway. They, they race again at Daytona. Okay. Okay. It's, they do. It's not the Daytona 500. It might be. They might do slightly less like 400 or okay. something. But it, they do race at Daytona, okay, which is another reason why it's. Which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, that's yeah. And plus now, now there's all these other issues between the, now Daytona and Talladega are the uh, restrictor oh, plate races, right. and there's just a few teams that just dominate the restrictor plate races. So you have great, great, great NASCAR legends from throughout NASCAR history who never won a Daytona 500. Great careers, but that wasn't their style of racing. That wasn't what they were really good at. You know, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dale, he was Dale Earnhardt's partner for all those years. Uh, Daryl Waltrip's Darryl brother. Michael, Michael Waltrip. Michael Waltrip's won a few Daytona 500s, but hes I don't think he's ever won a non-restrictor plate race. This is maybe, what he was good at. Yeah, maybe one or two. I mean, I, I'm, I don't have this in front of me like Adam mentioned. I, my computer uh, has... Took it's a com- dome. Yeah, it's completely destroyed. So I have no it herpes in front of me. It has herpes. It does have herpes. <laughs> um, but uh, or some nasty virus. I hope it's not herpes because you can't get rid of herpes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I mean Michael Waltrip. I don't think he won more than six or eight races throughout his entire career. And then you got guys like Rusty Wallace who never won at Daytona. But I mean, come on, who is a better NASCAR legend? Rusty Dick Trickle Wallace or. Yeah, I, Dick Trickle, I think, probably won more races than, than Michael Waltrip. They're, like they're on par with each other, you know, somewhere around there. I don't, again, I do not know exactly how many. I didn't know we'd be talking about this today, but and I don't have a computer in front of me. Well, as you can see, it really wasn't on the docket here. <laughs> no. Well, one thing worth mentioning, though, this uh, Simone De Silvestre, though, I mean, I, I get a little sick of the, the chick drivers because... We are just talking off air. It's just, it's kind of annoying when they're only talked about because they're female. They haven't. It's not like it's not like they're the first female drivers no, to ever race the Indy Five. I mean, you had uh, what was her name? Janet Gunthery, mm-hmm. um racing in the Indianapolis sure. Five Hundred. You had uh, decades ago. Yeah, you had um, Lynn St. James doing the same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you had Sarah Fisher, who was just in it a few years ago. I mean, and then obviously Danica Patrick as well. So there's actually been. You know, quite a few a dozen or so. Yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, there's been quite a few female drivers, and D- Danica Patrick is probably the most successful out of those, out of that bunch. But still, I, I see exactly what you're most saying. You know, it's anyway. yeah, and best looking, and that's why she got sponsorship. <laughs> exactly. This, this Simone De Sylvester chick, she's quite a gamer though. She flipped her car, got second and third degree burns all over her hands, and she's pulling the old mold my hands to the steering steering wheel thing, <laughs> and uh, racing this weekend. So. There you go. I, you know, no, I mean, I give her credit. She's out there. She's uh, I don't know how much success she'll have, but I mean, and that's why she's in the news right now is because of that. Which, in her in her defense, any driver would get a little bit of news if that were to happen to them. So oh I'll, hell yeah! I'll, I'll, I'll give her some props there. Tell you what, that, that is that's intense. You talk about wrecks. Like a bad One of the craziest wrecks I've ever witnessed was um, no, actually I didn't really witness it, but I was there. First Indy 500, 1995. Um, first turn, driver by the name of Stan Fox. Mm-hmm. First turn, first lap, 
wrecked. Huge, huge wreck. Um, we have the picture of it, of him going into the wall. Whole front end totally gone on his car. His feet were hanging out. His feet and his legs were hanging out of the car, you know, as it was, you know, you know, slamming up against was the wall. Was he all right? Yeah, he was okay. Um, <laughs> oh. I think he ended Ow. up dying um, a few years, uh, not a few years later, but later on uh-huh. in Australia from a car accident. <laughs> not Non-racing? Non-racing. That's a bummer. Yeah, that does suck. He was, he was supposed. It was like Final Destination. He was supposed to die that time. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> From what I've heard too, there. Um, I believe it's like in Japan, out in Asia. They actually, there's a ton of female drivers out there too, and they're pretty successful. Oh, they're. And actually, there's no reason to believe that. I mean, it's not like a. Sorry, but it's not like a chick playing basketball or a chick playing football where you know women have this like. You know, genetic size disadvantage that's you know just keeping them from well, from keeping up. Technically, biologically, women actually have faster reflexes than men. So I mean, really, women should be better race car drivers. Well, than it's men are. it's funny you and bring that. Less. It's funny you bring that up, Squirrel, because a few years ago, some of the male drivers were complaining, and they were saying that they should put weight onto Danica Patrick's car because she was lighter. Than all the other male drivers. That's bullshit. No, yeah. Cry don't don't eat. His, don't drink as much beer, Tony Stewart. <laughs> don't eat as many cheeseburgers. Oh man, Tony Stewart got fat when he got left. Got fat. Uh, he is. He's been enormous for a while. When he when he when he was when he was at when he raced Indy cars though he wasn't as fat because you can't be mm-hmm. as fat when you're an Indy car driver just because of the cockpit is a lot smaller yeah, than true. a. Uh, but as soon as he left and went over to NASCAR, man, he got he got huge. Sure. And um, actually, there was an old um, British driver. His name was Nigel Mansell. Mm-hmm. I remember he had to retire. Great one video point. game. Great Nigel video Mansell's game. racing. Yeah, Sega Genesis. Yeah, he had to he had to retire <laughs> and leave IndyCar racing at one point because he got too big to really? fit inside. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. Well, actually, that's just I think that's just a whiny bitch though for guy drivers to say Hell this yeah. when. Unless they're going to truly add enough weight, like weigh them beforehand, like boxers, and then have. You know, you know, match everyone up to the heaviest driver. Stop complaining, because some of these chicks you just brought up that Pippa brought, I bet she weighs more than me. Probably. You know? Oh, you definitely. Yeah, probably. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a little guy, so you know, I'm not even calling her fat. I just, you know, I mean, I'm short and I'm little, and I'm, you know, so if I was in racing, would people say, "Oh, get that." Uh, Get that? We got to weight down his car. He doesn't weigh as much. I don't think they would. Nobody. I wouldn't be in the news because I'm not a chick. <laughs> well, and it's not like she's running away with races every week exactly. either. So I don't know why they're no, bitching. No. Seriously. Um, but we do have a girl of the week this week. It's Aubrey O'Day. Um, she might be the skankiest. Uh, the skankiest. Girl Where is she girl from? She Skanky sounds familiar. Chick, can you pick it the week? I don't have a computer. <laughs> I'll show you. She's pretty, she's pretty skanky. Who was she from? She's she was in, uh, she's you know, model. Um, I think she was in Playboy. That's uh, probably right. Other the other <laughs> other than that, uh, what was she on? She was on some reality TV show, some rock band reality. Reality That's probably not where Nicholas saw it. But that, it's the Playboy, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but she is she is the girl of the week this week, and then like always, get your bitches. And get your badasses in, too. We go to ours about the 10 o'clock hour. Um, but you know what? We're all on this whole racing subject right now. 
And we're to kind of continue on with that. Not motor racing. Okay. But not motorboating oh, either, okay. Lickless. Um, it is uh, <laughs> it is cycling. Ah, yes. And this very much in the news. And you know, what? actually, I wanted to get to a Lance Armstrong story a while ago, but you know, we Lance Snoop Dogg Armstrong. Lance Snoop Dogg Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? There's a <laughs> lot of stuff going on right now with Lance Armstrong. Um, lots and lots of doping allegations coming out. For like the. 37th time yeah now. this 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 time is different though right now and hold on square i'll be able to get i'll be able to show you that here in a second but do um, they have video no 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 <laughs> video but a former teammate of his tyler hamilton um was in a 60 minutes interview where he just yeah. basically he he just ratted out everything that was going on in the united postal service team which was lance armstrong's team um, and this is what he says. Um, well, Hamilton first says he witnessed Armstrong take performance-enhancing drugs, EPO, and testosterone, and also saw him receive a banned blood transfusion in 2000. And he goes on to quote, I feel bad that I had to go here and do this, Hamilton said, in the first public admission of doping throughout his career. But I think at the end of the day, like I said, long term, the sport's going to be better for it. Furthermore, furthermore, Hamilton also revealed other observations during the 60-minute interview. I'm sorry, 60 minutes interview, um, which were team leaders, doctors, and managers encouraged, that encouraged and supervised doping. Um, doping was going on inside the United Postal team even before Lance Armstrong joined in 1998. Performance enhancing drugs, including EPO, were handed out to cyclists in white lunch bags. And team members were met at the airport, driven to hotels, told to lie down and give blood that could be transfused back into their bodies at a later date. Um, Lance Armstrong and his attorney are both obviously denying this. Um, but this isn't the first time that a teammate has come out. Um, everybody's heard Floyd Landis come out and basically, um, I don't want to say basically say the same thing, but was saying that Lance Armstrong accused, or I'm sorry, he was accusing Lance Armstrong basically of the same thing, of taking performance-enhancing drugs along with the rest of the team. And you know what, I don't want to... You know, it's it's hard to say this just because of obviously what Lance Armstrong's been through. Um, obviously, the testicular cancer. He was on the verge of, of of death, and he came back and won you know consecutive Tour de Frances, and he you know was basically just kicked ass. And it's it's it. You don't want to take that away from him, but it's hard to look past all of this now, considering everything that's going on. You put all the pieces together. And you basically get what you have now. I mean, mm-hmm. eventually it's going. Eventually it's going to come out where, you know, there's where there's nowhere else to turn if you're Lance Armstrong. I'm not sure he had the balls to oh, take out. I knew something like that was coming. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that was good. But I mean, you you look at something like this with Lance Armstrong. I mean, obviously. It raises a bunch of questions, not only with the sport itself, but what about with his whole Live Strong campaign and everything like that? And mm-hmm. that's what he meant. Oh, you know, well, I, maybe, maybe, maybe he can alter it a little bit. You know, Live Strong taking steroids and 
Whatever. And, I, and this also raises another question that, you know, I saw the other day um, when I was surfing the web. Is who's a bigger fraud now? Is it Lance Armstrong or is it Barry Bonds? Uh, oh, I don't know. That's... Yeah, and they did the same thing. I think we need to get Cheryl Crow on the stand, though, and find out if his balls were shrunk or ball balls was shrunk. That, that's the only way. That's the only way to truly find out if someone is on it. We didn't really know that Barry Bonds was on steroids until we got his mistress on the stand to admit, yeah, he couldn't get his uh, couldn't get it off. So. Fraud is hard to say. Like they're they're both like almost equal. I mean, Lance Armstrong dumped his wife who was with him through the cancer and then shacked up with Cheryl Crow and then broke up with Cheryl Crow right when she found she had cancer. I mean, it's like his laundry list is actually might be worse than Barry Bonds, mainly because he was just in the spotlight more, where Barry Bonds was... He was always in the spotlight, but Barry Bonds wasn't like a media horror. Sure. Barry Bonds was the opposite. He told the media to go F themselves every chance he got. Yeah. Um. So... I don't know. I mean, plus, with Barry Bonds, it was, I mean, it was 100%. We knew that this was. There's no uh, doubt. Was, there was no doubt. I I don't know that we haven't completely removed the doubt yet in the Lance Armstrong. I mean, have we? Have we completely removed the doubt from this yet? Or I mean, you, you got to ask, what does this Hamilton guy have to, you know, the f- have to gain by this? Um, I mean, media exposure, I guess, yeah. which he's getting. Oh, is that the chick? That's the chick. Uh, oh wow, she's Ooh. cute. She's pretty skanky too. Oh yeah, I love Aubrey Arday. Uh... Yeah, I do love skanky chicks. No, she is. She's really hot. She reminds me kind of a younger Carmen Electra for some reason. Yeah, because Carmen Electra was a huge skank too. Yeah, oh for sure. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, she was hot though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Better than Jenny McCarthy on Singled Out. I think she wasn't. Jenny McCarthy was better on single. She was better out. on single and singled out, yes, but she, I think she, she was wasn't. Better no, looking. no, Carmen Electra was better looking, mm-hmm. but Carmen Electra was like watching fucking paint. Oh, sorry, was like watching paint dry. <laughs> singled out, she was absolutely oh, terrible. That was horrible. What, what are you retracting because you said fucking? I didn't know. I what? try not to drop f bombs on this show. On this show, yeah. <laughs> no, the other one I tried to drop f bombs, but um, but I don't know. It's oh, this chick's cute. This chick's cute for sure. It's the and another problem with Carmen Electra. This doesn't usually get to me, but I just I just picture her nailing Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah, <laughs> not in, only in the dress. <laughs> I think they did three ways with Madonna and Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra. They might have. I know when she was with uh, Dave Navarro, she said. Oh they, yeah, I forgot about she Dave, said Dave Navarro. Navarro was a major bisexual. Yeah, and so is she, and she's now with Joan Jett. Carmen Electra is or was. Joan, you rule. Yeah, Joan Jett was nailing Carmen Electra. Joni, nice catch. I know. Damn. I know. Pulling an Ellen DeGeneres there. That's I know. All right. Shit, dude. Wow. Anyways. Um, rock stars get all the hot chicks. Yeah, no kidding, man. That's the way it goes. <laughs> Where the hell were we again? Oh, yeah. Oh, I do have to say this about Lance Armstrong and Barry Bonds. Um, How many more of the, like, the, the heroes, like the American heroes from the late 90s? Mm-hmm. I mean, are basically been completely trashed and yeah, thrown just out. Destroyed. I mean, the last thing we can find out is that like Brandy Chastain from the U.S. soccer team was like a Nazi or something like that. <laughs> I mean, like that's about the last thing of the late '90s. It was the home run race, Lance Armstrong's return, 
and the women's soccer team. Yeah, after hours of cokehead. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I mean. It's like great. I just love this new thing we live, this new society that we live in, where it's someone's a hero, and then five years later we find out they're the worst person that's ever lived. And it's oh, like yeah. okay, well, it's a bummer. Tiger yeah. Woods. No, you're. You know what? <laughs> Actually, yeah. Shit. Tiger Woods, LeBron James. Um, Look what the media has done for us. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's fantastic. It's it's really wonderful knowing everything about everyone. <laughs> hey, that's the power of the internet, man. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'd rather be in the dark. Yeah. But you know what? I always I always bring up I always bring up the the iceberg, you know, with uh Jim Trestle and you could say there's an iceberg with Lance Armstrong too. Sure. I mean, you know, who knows what else is going to be revealed. I mean, who knows? We could find out later on that it was uh, that Cheryl Crow was injecting Lance, Ar- Lance Armstrong with steroids, and um, she hated him that much. Yeah, her least yeah. favorite mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, this wasn't on the docket though. But I figure we better. Um, we should probably say something about it. And is you know, speaking of steroids, um, Randy Macho Man Savage passes oh, away yes. this past. Uh, this past week, and I, you know, I, I texted, I texted Flash as soon as it happened, and he's like, "Yeah, I know, my my phone line's going off the hook, man." <laughs> I texted Flash too, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, died of a. And you know what they they originally said it was a heart attack mm-hmm. at first, you know, and obviously sure. he, the normal way the wrestler dies. Yeah, but then I heard the medical examiner didn't find anything else. They didn't, they didn't, they couldn't determine if it was actually a heart attack. I that thought he happened. died in a car accident. He did, but he, he had a heart attack. Oh, yeah. while he was driving, oh, while he was okay. driving. Well, and that's the thing too is that he did die from the car accident. Okay. So it's one of these things where he if he had that it. heart attack at home, he might have. Nobody knows, or if it was even indeed a heart attack. Whatever happened to him, there's a very good chance that he could have lived through it, or they would know exactly what happened. But he died from the car accident. Yeah, I actually heard the nine one one tape this morning and they were you know playing it just some woman kind of saying some guy just drove right through the internet i don't know what the hell he's doing you know basically yeah. like he just drove through and just smashed into you know but I mean, he obviously was unconscious yeah. probably no shit well they, i mean it's pretty easy for them to tell if you've had a heart attack i mean that's like incredible they know they could know if you had one 30 years ago so <laughs> i was a little bummed I, macho man was one of my i'm not a wrestling fan at all anymore in fact i actually kind of loathe it but i loved it when i was younger and macho man was always one of my favorite uh he was wrestlers he was awesome great great to watch you know quirky fun for the stories and stuff but a good wrestler too and you know he was one of those guys that even when they made him bad he was still one of the most liked characters they had it was impossible not to like he could have been doing anything and it was sure yeah him when him and hogan fought that was was awesome Oh, it made yeah. me root for. I still rooted for Macho Man. I mean, it would make me root against Hulk because I you want to. You want to hear something kind of scary? Um, this is reports state that fifty-one that of the fifty-one talents who appeared at the nineteen ninety-one um, pay-per-view WrestleMania seven. was that seven? Yep, um, fourteen have died prematurely. Wow. So, I mean, that's. Uh, that's quite a number, and then they um. What else? They, they talk about the Super Bowl from 1991. Yeah, how? and none of the players. None of those players. None of those players have died in there. And for professional boxing, of the 44 boxers to hold a major world championship in 1991, two are dead. Hmm. So again, and that's but the, people talk a lot about football players though in their oh, short sure. life expectancy. Oh, yeah. So for none of them to be dead, and not even to mention, I mean, how many 
baseball players who played in the World Series, oh, how many basketball players who played in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. I mean, hockey uh, players. It, yeah, was... hockey players who played in the Stanley Cup that year. I would venture to say it's probably zero, and if it is, it's probably a, a fluke death or something, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, that just, I mean, that just goes to show how, uh, you know, everybody says that wrestling's fake, and it is fake. Mm-hmm. It's a staged event. But sure. It's not just steroids that contributes to the death mm-hmm. of these guys. I mean, these guys are getting slammed on on plywood, Yeah, you know. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think it's actually a, a three-pronged thing. I think it's steroids, which oh, you know, sure, which yeah. You it's, yeah, you it's know. not, it's, steroids which, is a contributor. Yeah, Especially that exactly. early 90s. It's, it was Oh, not sure. It's then also, like... You're mentioning, Adam, you know, just the major strain on your body, just the sure. ridiculous workouts to make yourself look like this. The, you know, just getting wailed on and dropped and backflips off the turnbuckles and the ridiculous things they do. I also think a, there's a third prong involved here, though, and that is the social aspect and the lifestyle that has, that's been led by a lot of these wrestlers. It's been revealed in the last few years. Just the ridiculous party lifestyle they lead you know the the cocaine and the partying and just the you know women and every other you know problem that's been revealed and i don't i've never actually heard that randy savage was a major player in that but i I haven't heard that he wasn't either uh we know his wife miss elizabeth died a few years back from drug overdose drug overdose um as his ex-wife at the time so that's you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that he was doing that. Who knows? Maybe that's why they got divorced. I don't know, you know. Well, I know that that's one of the reasons, I, just because of what Flash has told me. She she was, she was Didn't she end up with Lex Luthor? Or yeah, Lex, Lex Luger. Luger. And uh, he died of a cocaine overdose. Or No, maybe I think he no, killed he, himself. No, he? he was No, he's jail. still alive. He, was, he did oh. jail time. Yeah, he, he basically killed Elizabeth. her, right? Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he got her hooked on coke. Yeah. I know that's he, I mean, that he, was his um, fault. Yeah, he he did. He ended up uh, being convicted of something, I believe. Uh, you know, Good. some sort of involuntary manslaughter. Or he something. got yeah. He had a lot of health problems though. After that, like he was basically paralyzed for a little while mm-hmm. and in a wheelchair. Um, I don't know what from. Probably a drug induced stroke. Yeah, honestly. yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, apparently he's doing a lot better now. And well, yeah, he's in prison. Honestly, sure. I mean. He- <laughs> the 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 copious amounts of cocaine are not readily available to sure. him anymore. So sure. So yeah, I mean, um, obviously that was that was very very sad about Macho Man. Oh, yeah. and, you know, he was he was one of my he was one of my favorites too when He's I was uh, when I was when I was younger. And that and it wasn't only his in ring stuff. That whole character was, uh, you know, timeless. I mean, that's something that you know wrestlers today even. Uh, you know, even try to mimic. I remember there was a wrestler, you know, just recently that had, uh, that, you know, tried to do the same gimmick that sure. Macho Man did. Did a good job, too. His name was Jay Lethal. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I thought it was awesome. And, you know, just because it was the Macho Man. Funny story, too. My, uh, my dad actually got thrown out of the Joe Louis Arena for, <laughs> for throwing a paper cup at the Macho Man when he was, uh, when he was at a WWF at the time <laughs> event there. So Paper <laughs> cup? He was a... Uh... He was setting trends. It's a Detroit there. tradition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just throw cups. Well, uh, he he says that everybody was throwing paper cups around him, and he did it too. And he was the only one that got thrown. It's like the guy who threw the octopus. Exactly. I fit. I, I for some reason I don't believe my dad, but <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but anyways, you know what? Though we're gonna go ahead and take a quick commercial break. This is the Majors live on the Majors.net, and we'll be right back. 
There once was a boy wizard whose name was Larry Smarter. Larry, why weren't you in Professor Dinky Doodle's mythical creature classification class? Well, I'm taking Algebra 2 in a foreign language. Oh, so you can talk to unicorns? Not exactly, unless they're French. Larry wanted to go to college, so he visited knowhowtogo.org to find the classes he really needed. Getting into college doesn't happen magically. Learn more at knowhowtogo.org. Brought to you by the American Council on Education, Lumina Foundation for Education, and the Ad Council. My sport is football, but my passion is education. My name is Namdi Asmoa, and this is how I live united. I see too many kids miss out on moving up. Kids who could go on to college, but just need that extra little push. So every year, I take promising high school students on a college tour. We check out the dorms, the library, meet some professors, find out where the best late night grub stops are. It shows them that there's a whole world beyond their own. But what's even better is that most of these kids decide college is for them. I'm Namdi Asmoa. I show kids that a higher education means a brighter future. So when it comes to Living United, I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Join me. It takes all of us working together to make a difference. Find out how you can live united for education. Give, advocate, volunteer. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I'm Sarah. I'm Ellen. One night, I was at a bar. One night, I was at a bar. I had one too many drinks. I had one too many drinks. I got behind the wheel. I got a cab. A squirrel ran across the road. A squirrel ran across the road. I swerved. The cab swerved. I hit a guy. The cabbie just missed a guy. I wish I took a cab. Thank goodness I took a cab. You have the choice to save a life. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody, to the Majors Live on the Majors.net. 734-259-4941 is the number to call in. Or you can text in as well, 248-429-7729. Um, we also have, you can leave feedback on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash themajorsx or facebook.com slash tmsnx. Or you can do it on the Grouty Facebook page too, Grouty or facebook.com slash Grouty. So uh, make sure you check that out. Um, other than that, we, uh, we start out the show... Um, Basically getting into a discussion that, you know, I had to do with our fan question, which is, will you be watching the Indy 500 this weekend? Um, Indy 500, it is a big race. It's a big event. Uh, we also, you know, got into talking about female drivers and, you know, how basically the only reason why anybody talks about them, and you'll call a sexist if you want, the only reason why anybody talks about them is because they're female. They're female race car drivers. Danica Patrick has won one race. Other than that, she really hasn't done a whole lot. Despite being on a good 
team, which is the Michael Andretti team. Um, if she was on a if if she was on a piss poor team, then she would be even worse. Uh, you know, other than that, like some of these other female drivers, a lot of these other female drivers aren't on good teams, which is a reason why you don't hear too much about them. Um, you put, you know, you put some of these other, you know, female drivers on there, like was it the Anna Beatrice or, um, that Simona, you know, one, which I should probably know because I just had it up. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that they would probably be just as good as Danica Patrick. Well, and this is something that non-race fans um, or non-major race fans just don't really understand, and that's the importance of the race team. Sure. I mean, a lot of a lot Absolutely. of they just don't get that. And I mean, when you take there's drivers racing in the Bush, Bush series right now, in the Arca series, perhaps that if you brought them up and threw them on this team. They'd win races, yep. you know. Put them on the best of the best teams. They, they would win, you know. I mean, when you have the faster pit crew and the great crew chief and the great mechanics making you have a faster engine than everyone else, you're gonna be, you're gonna win more races. You know, it's cool. It's almost like it's almost like team sports, and, and racing it is, is a team, team sport. Racing yeah. is a team sport, but like I'm talking about, like like baseball, hockey, basketball, football. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're on a good team, you always hear that old cliche, you know, good players make the players around them better. Mm-hmm. Which is like what you said, Squirrel. You know, if you're on the, if you're on the team that has you know one of the best pit crews, you know some of the best mechanics, some of the one of the best crew chiefs, then of course, or the best owners that's willing to sure. put tons and tons of money yep. into the into the car, into you know into the team itself, then of course you're going to be a better driver because of that. Um, y- you know, you're and there's another other cliche too. You're only as good as you know, like you're in baseball. You're only as good as your starting pitcher. We're sure. only as good as your car yeah. you know i mean if you have if you have a shitty car it doesn't matter how good of a driver you are you know you're not going to get everything out of that car you know like i said even if you are a good driver so that's why i've always been a big fan it, and it seems to be dropping off in popularity now too but i've always been a big fan of the irock series mm-hmm. where they oh, just yeah, they just take the uh 16 drivers or is it 16 12 something like that, something like that. they take the uh take x amount of drivers awesome um and from all different walks of racing and then basically pick it out of a hat, and that that picks who drives what car. They just have you know x amount of the exact same cars, and they just throw them all in a different car. There's complaints about IROC too because uh, you know the indie guys always say it's so much like the racing style, so much like NASCAR that it really just benefits mm-hmm. the NASCAR guys. Yeah. But with that being said, I mean that's it is what it is. Yeah, but that's why I was always a big fan of the IROC. Iraq's cool. Um, do they still do it? Pretty sure they do. Okay, yeah. that's cool. I would just right. wasn't sure. If if you've ever been to like a race, like I've um, seen it. I've no, seen. The, I've been to an Iraq race before. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they're um, fun. Um, if, if you've ever been to one of the uh, like smaller circuits, like the Arca series mm-hmm. or something like that, which is basically like you know double A for you <laughs> know for NASCAR because you know it's below the Bush series. If you ever been to one of those races, it's actually kind of strange and kind of different because you'll see there's like a few cars in the back that are just getting lapped, that just you know are just just getting wasted. They're not even keeping up with the race at all. And these are basically the weekend warriors who just barely make it into these things, and they just they just don't have the car. It's just not as fast. You don't see that so much in NASCAR and Indy because everyone's at least to that level mm-hmm. where yeah, you're going to see that. Yeah. But some of these guys, you know, they just they spend all their hard-earned money and, you know, working nights doing this after their day job. 
just to go get lapped in the Arca series, yeah. which is kind of strange, but I guess it's a passion either way. Well, we've got that. We we uh, we also talked about Lance Armstrong. You know, whether or not who's the that's the question: who's the bigger fraud, Lance Armstrong or Barry Bonds? Uh, based off uh, these new uh, these new allegations coming from uh, former teammate Tyler Hamilton. I think yeah, Tyler Hamilton of um, you know formerly of the U.S. Postal Service team. Um, just talking about uh, you know new doping allegations towards Lance Armstrong. He went postal on Lance Armstrong. He went postal. Rap, yeah, he, he went. Did. He went. He definitely do, went postal <laughs> on Lance Armstrong's re- or yeah reputation. Um, um, <laughs> right now, though, um, this is something that I wanted to get to last week. We just ran out of time. Um, the Phoenix Suns CEO came out of the closet. Rick Welts is his name um, during an interview with uh, the New York Times. In the article, the New York Times released um, a couple Sundays ago, Walt stated, this is one of the last industries where the subject is off limits, referring to homosexuality in sports. Walt, a former executive for the NBA League office, told League Commissioner David Stern his secret before going public. His decision to take his sexuality public was partly prompted by Lakers guard Kobe Bryant's gay slur, which... Ironically enough, we had another one by Yoki Noah the other day um, in the Bulls Heat Eastern Conference Finals Series. Uh, the 58-year-old Welts hopes that his courage will help others in the gay community succeed in the world of sports. To date, no professional athletes have come out while playing their respective sports. Uh, Sun C- CEO Welts says he's gay, um, and then it goes on from there. I just I just ended it with pretty awkwardly saying there's, that he's gay. Um, no, there's, I mean, there yeah, isn't much more to say than that. No, there 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 isn't. And uh, you know, this was a topic that um, was brought up during extra innings a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, talking about you know whether or not uh, you know the sports world, uh, the professional sports world, is ready for a gay athlete because you have all the you know you. I wish I could go, go through and count how many athletes there are in all four of the major sports. Um, it's a decent amount. It's a very, yeah, it's a very decent amount. But you have to figure, out of all those players, some somebody in there is gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you have to figure that. And right now they are, you know, those players are, you know, living behind, uh, you know, living behind the – or in the closet right now because they're – you know, they're either scared, they don't want to come out because of the way it might hurt them or it might hurt the team, or they just they just don't want to simply because they think it's it's, it's basically nobody else's business. Um, but I guess this is a question for everybody out there. 734-259-4941. I can text me at 248-429-7729. Is the world of professional sports ready for a gay athlete? Adam, um, by my quick calculations here, I would say there's roughly 3,400 professional athletes at any given moment in the four major sports. And we're talking we're talking like on their actual major uh, league roster. On, on official rosters, like official We're not talking minor not leagues prep, or anything. No, 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 yeah, not, not squads. Okay. You know, professional teams for major sports. I would say roughly thirty four hundred people. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that is and a lot. that's an and that's an ever changing number that, you know, a lot of those guys are gonna stick around and we're going to be popping back up and going oh, back yeah, down. Definitely. So it's really more than that. But at any given time, you're looking at, you know, between 33 and 3,400. Yeah. 
But what do you guys think? I mean, I know I know it's something you guys talked about on, on uh, Extra Innings a few weeks ago. But, I mean, I mean, there's a lot you put into it, especially nowadays, where, um, you know, it might be easier, maybe, coming out now just because it seems like, uh, you know, being gay is a lot more, um, I don't want to say it's mainstream or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it's... I don't know I, that I, that's wrong. To I, th- say that. I, th- I think it's a lot more. I, th- I think it's accepted a lot more sure. now than what. I mean, can you imagine? You know, somebody coming out in the in in the in the early '60s or the '50s sure. or the '40s. You know, with oh, uh, it wouldn't have happened. With with I mean. you know with uh with Lou Gehrig or you know Mickey Mantle in the '60s or whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's still a level of social persecution, but it is nothing compared to what it once was. Oh no, definitely. So I mean, that's. I mean, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was still in the 60s where the word homosexual and child molester were synonymous, actually, yeah, the they, they were synonymous thing. with yeah. each other. You could, you know, use that, you know, when they, you know, when they were telling kids to beware of creepy people, they said, you know, be, beware of the homosexual, he'll, you know, he'll get you. And this was... Oh, watch the old films, the sure. old uh, PSA films, or whatever you yeah, want to call them. Exactly, and that's... Basically, call them propaganda films if you want. Yeah. That's pretty much what they Well, were, which still, you still want your kid to stay away from Oh, no, monsters. definitely. It's, just, it's, a, it's... The wordage behind it. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm looking at on ESPN right now, and they have, a, like, a... a a brief history of gay athletes. That's the title of this, and it goes all the way back to 1920 with uh, Bill Tilden, um, who was a uh, men's singles. The tennis player. Yeah, the title. Yeah, the tennis oh, player. Oh no shit! Uh, I did not know that. Hey, learn something new every single time you listen to the majors. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, then Tom Waddle um, or Waddell, whatever, however it is you pronounce it. You know how I am with names. Um, what else do we hear? Of course, Martina Navratilova. Um, it's a little more, ex- and it seems like it is a little more accepted for women. Yeah. And, oh, mainly because it's like the joke that, oh, oh, she's playing sports, she must be gay. Sure. We also had uh, um, Greg Luganis, too. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. I totally forgot about yeah. that. Well, and that's, you know, Nicholas, that, that is a good point, is that, Honestly, I'm not quite sure how relevant this question is. I mean, when you when you pose it the way Adam does with, you know, 3,400 professional athletes out uh-huh. there, you know, the law of averages states that there's got to be some, some gay ones in there. But at the same time, I don't know how relevant this question is when I don't know how many professional ath- male athletes really are gay. I don't know that that is... The, and maybe I'm way off by saying this. Maybe I'm gonna. I hope I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many gay men go the route of pursuing being a that. professional yeah. athlete. I mean, I really don't. I mean, again, of course there are some out there. I'm not denying. You know, no, I'm not going to say 3,400 athletes, not one is gay. I refuse to. I'm not that guy at yeah. all. I just I don't know where with women. Yeah, it does kind of make more sense. Maybe my social norms in my head are just off but i don't think they are i I think that more lesbians are prone to get into sports where perhaps 
gay men aren't. You know what? It, it seems like it might be easier too for girls. I mean, because I mean, sure. what, sports what is, is a masculine. Thing, it's a, it's a masculine thing because of how it yeah. is. And even outside sports too. I mean, what what all guys like? No matter what guy you are. Sure. I mean, what are they? They like seeing two girls making out at a bar or something like yeah, that. They yeah, think yeah, that's hot. Sure. You know, and and girls that do that aren't necessarily you know gay themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Would you ever picture two guys making out at a bar just I've for the hell it. of it? <laughs> yeah. Just for the hell of it? And, you, and, and, and I didn't for one second think, oh, they're just two straight dudes trying to get attention. No, I was like, no, those two dudes are gay. They're making out in the corner of the bar. Oh, I see. I, <laughs> I, I saw that at Coney Island one time, too. But I'm talking. <laughs> I remember that night. I'm talking. Oh, that was hilarious. I'm talking. I'm talking like two guys who are drunk like two girls mm-hmm. Doing it, yeah. maybe have somebody buy him a beer or something like yeah. that. You don't see that happening. If you did ever see that at a drunken party or a drunken group in a bar, it wouldn't be so people would think it was hot. It would be. It a, would be. It, they would be doing it to gross out their buddies. Which I would be lying if I said I haven't seen that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've seen two dudes, <laughs> just two drunk dudes, kiss each other just. To, to make everyone else go, oh! And just be like, oh my god, where is this, uh, what is going on at this party? But, again, I just, the question that was raised with this from, from Rick Welts was, you know, is, is pro sports ready for a gay athlete? Will they accept it? Will people root for a guy who's openly gay? My answer to that actually is yes. Oh, I, think I, so. I don't think for a second people would think twice about it. If the guy's hitting home runs, if he's... If he's sinking three pointers, if he, whatever, if he's throwing touchdown passes, people are gonna root for him. It doesn't matter if you kill dogs, it doesn't exactly. matter if you rape chicks, and it doesn't matter if you're gay in your personal life. It really doesn't. Not like I'm for one second comparing being gay to either of those atrocities. I'm not at all. But I'm just saying. Well, I'm the think- first tu- first time you throw that touchdown pass. Exactly. Anything that you didn't like about that person gets thrown out the window. People, it's sports. People like winning, and that is the only thing they do like. So mm-hmm. I shouldn't say it's the only thing they do like, but really, when it comes down to it, it's the only thing people care about. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, all you got to do is win, and guess what? Would that, you wear their jersey? Sure. I would, too. You know, well, I, I like I like jerseys. I, I wear jerseys. I don't wear really jerseys. I, yeah. I don't you really wear jerseys anymore. I wear, I, I wear jerseys if I go to a sporting event sometimes. You, you know how I, I I joke about this a lot, and I know people get so pissed when I say this, but I always say, you know, grown-ups aren't supposed to wear another dude's name on their, on their back. You yeah, know, I don't just, care, though. T- no, no, Tip I, isn't of the same. Uh, yeah, he's been I just, saying that to me. It, yeah, to me, so. wearing, wearing a jersey with someone else's name on your back is something little kids do. But that, that's just my opinion. It's gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I wear some gay athlete's name. Right? <laughs> no, I just, with with this, to me, these people who are out there saying, no, world's not ready. There's no way anyone would root for a gay guy. I don't have a problem with gay people, but no one else Keep would root for Keep those fruits gay out of our sport. The, these are, no, that's what I'm saying. There's not the people saying that. Not the mm-hmm. people who are anti-gay. I'm talking about the plethora of men out there who say, I don't have a problem with gay people, but no way are, is the world ready for this. There is no possible way that a gay athlete would, you know, would be supported. These are the exact same people who three years ago were saying, no way we're ever having a black president. I'm not racist, yep. but just it's never going to happen. Not in this country. Not with all the racist people out there. No, it happens, people. Wait till the first legitimate guy tries. 
Yep, and, and you'll see how how actually how easy it is. And as soon as you get this first openly gay guy who really just kicks ass at his sport, and I, I can't wait for it. I, really, I, I I hope it happens sooner rather than later. To he <laughs> he will be supportive. I I have no no doubt in my mind about. I think he will for the most part, and I think it, it, it's it's basically because of the time we live in now. I mean, it's a more it's a more open time now. It's a more I think it I think it's a more um, you know what I mean. It's it's a, it's, it's 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 a more tolerant, more accepting time now, um, as opposed to what we saw before in, I the, just, in the '60s and the '70s. Perhaps I'm naive, but I just think you know when Rick Welch says this, he's just saying you know wait till this first big superstar comes out of the closet I don't think at this exact moment right now that this gay superstar hiding his sexuality is out there I don't think he exists I really don't I do not think that there is some superstar right now in one of the sports who's just you know I mean the LeBron James the A-Rods the you know he's not out there I really don't think he is and I could be wrong Part of me actually hopes I'm wrong. I mean, I really, I good Damn for them. Newton. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't think he's out there. <laughs> I really don't. No, I, I tend to agree with you. It's, I mean, in in that alone, to I be think, stereotypical, I can't even explain any other way around it. But sure. saying stereotypical, but uh, no, and that's uh, that that is, you know, I, I think the 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 main issue with this actually sure. well the, the thing with always saying the world's not ready is the world's never ready until it happens and then it's fine so exactly it's with everything you know, when anyone ever says the world's not ready it's like that statement actually doesn't hold any water for describing anything you know adam i, I know you want to probably move on but one one thing i would like to kind of point out is um i i just heard a lot of people talking about this over mm-hmm. the last 10 days or so you know a lot of people talking pretty in depth about this. And one thing that was kind of discouraging to me was I heard a lot of people criticizing the fans of the world, criticizing the people saying, Oh, this is this is ridiculous. They'll root for a, a rapist. They'll root for a guy who did time for killing dogs. They'll root for you know, Ray Lewis. Yeah, they'll they'll root for criminals. They'll root for drug addicts, but they won't root for a gay guy. And this indictment of our culture, when this hasn't even happened yeah, yet. Yeah, I was gonna say nobody's had the chance to. I don't think do it's that, true. Really. I honestly don't even think it's true. And if it is, it hasn't happened yet. So this blatant indictment of you know fans and culture. I just, I don't get it. And I've heard this on more than one occasion from people saying this. Oh, no, they wouldn't do it. They'll they'll root for a drug addict. They'll root for a womanizer. They'll root for a rapist. But they won't root for a gay guy. I don't know what's wrong with America. Like, what? Nothing's wrong with America. It hasn't even happened yet. Give America the chance to, you know, screw up before you, you know, sure. criticize and indict them for something they haven't done yet. So, I, personally, I mean, sure. Are you going to hear some gay jokes from it? Of course you are. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's pretty disingenuous if there's straight men out there who want to pretend like they've never heard a gay joke. Uh, if you're a straight man and you've never heard a gay joke in your life and you're being honest, give us a call. 734-259-494. And, uh, you know... And he, I'm going to go as far as saying told one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you're I probably mean, right. 
Anyways, though, um, we are gonna, we are going to move on. We do have uh, Crash in the Net with Aaron Eggemeyer coming up at nine thirty. So in about six minutes here, we're going to be talking some playoff hockey. So we have some other um, NHL issues going on right now. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, real quick, though, um, I brought this up last night during um, around the diamond with uh, with uh, Tony and myself. Tip was uh, Tip was off again last night as well, uh, but. This stems from what happened this past week with Jim Leland and basically all the criticism that's going on with uh, with Jim Leland, the manager of the Detroit Tigers. And this could really be um, reaching across to, you know, all of Major League Baseball right now. Um, and that is Jim Leland was getting a bunch of criticism after he took out Rick Porcello during Sunday night or during Sunday's game against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um I'm having a huge, huge problem with all the criticism right now that Jim Leland is taking on from a bunch of the fans in the Detroit area. And it can all be summed up basically what happened this past weekend. Now, what happened this past weekend is is Jim Leland took out Rick Porcello after Rick Porcello went eight innings, one-hit baseball. Um, he was 80, Only 84 pitches. Only 84 pitches at a very reasonable pitch count. Um you know, he had a no-hitter going through six, and he was cruising. He was cruising. But one thing that fans fail to realize in all this is that game was only 2 to nothing in favor of Detroit. Detroit was on the verge of being swept by one of the worst baseball teams in the last 20 years. Not to mention they lost the last five straight and I asked this question to Tony last night. What do you what do you manage or what do you play baseball to do? Do you play baseball to try to get perfect games or try to get uh, complete game shutouts or try to get no hitters? No. And I'm going to go ahead and you know I I went on the old Herm Edwards you know quote that he that famous quote that he had. You play to win the game or you manage to win the game. I don't care if you have a no hitter going or if you have a or if you have a complete game shutout going, you play to win the game. And not to mention, too, that this was a National League ballpark that they were playing in, which means they had to play by National League rules, which means there is no DH. The pitcher is hitting. So what does Jim Leland do at in the top of the ninth inning? Rick Porcello's coming around in the batting order. He pitch hits for Rick Porcello, which is what you should be doing. You have to be doing that, especially in a two to nothing game. Okay, now if the score was five to nothing, six to nothing, seven to nothing in favor of the Tigers, do you think Jim Leland is going to take out Rick Porcello? Probably not. Sure. But you have to win that game. You can't get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Tigers fans, fans in general, seem to forget about this. They're too enamored with, with, with oh, getting personal stats, pers- personal stats getting. Getting the perfect game, getting the complete game shutout, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, and these are the same fans, too, that were bitching back in 2009 when the Tigers failed to make the playoffs by one game because they because the Minnesota sure. Twins came back. It seems like Tigers fans are too enamored with what happened in 2006 oh, when, when Jim Leland managed to get basically a Tigers team that really wasn't all that great. He got them to go to overachieve and go to the World Series. I, I have the I have the lineup sitting on the wall over there. I was looking at that lineup the other day. I was thinking, I was how in the hell did this team make it to the World Series? You had Sean Casey playing second base. 
You had Carlos Guillen, who was basically almost a corpse at that time, playing shortstop. Brandon Inge, who 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 still hits two thirty for his career, playing third base. You had Craig Monroe in the and outfield, batting seventh, and batting not se- even batting nine. Yeah, I mean, you had, you had Curtis Granderson, who Curtis Granderson's good. You had Maglio Ordonez, who was good at the time. You had Placido Polanco, good at the time. Guillen batted very well there. And, so and so did Pudge Rodriguez, too. But these were all guys who weren't, you could say, were out of their prime. Mm-hmm. Megalo Ordonez was on the downside of his career, and he still is, obviously. Extremely young Verlander. Everyone knew that Verlander yes. had a ton of promise and was going to be our ace, but he wasn't our ace at that point. No, our ace was, was well, yeah, no, or, or, or Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers you know, he was 43 years old or something, at 42, 43 sure. years old or something at the time. Like he was, and yeah. had absolutely no success in the playoffs sure. prior to being with the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, it, it just pisses me off because... Fans look at one thing. They look at one thing. Okay, the team is doing bad, so all, all, obviously it's the manager's fault. And then they go on and say, oh, well, why is Brandon Inge still in the lineup? Okay, well, if you take out Brandon Inge, who are you going to replace Brandon Inge with? <laughs> You're going to replace him with uh, with Ryan Rayburn? Well, exactly. Are you going to replace him with uh, with Don Kelly or Cleet sure. Thomas? Sure. At least Brandon Inge is a good third baseman. He's a good third baseman. <laughs> Can't hit for shit, but he's no. a good third baseman. And so let's pull him out. Put in somebody else who can't hit for shit, and oh, that's right. Yeah, and he's not now, good. now we don't have Brandon Inch playing third anymore. I mean, he's actually he's actually a very good third baseman. Actually, he's, yeah. and he's a good utility player. He's a he's a very good infielder. Yeah, he's his hitting is very poor. He's in a a really bad slump right now. Sure, and but at least an Inch at least can be a power. But player. he's a two thirty hitter too, sure. and he's and he's in his thirties. He's not going to get any better. No, he's not. And Jim Leland's not going to make him any better. I mean, it, like Kenny Rogers, too. Kenny Rogers was in his late 30s, and he was diving off the mound, you know, to field ground balls. And Jim Leland even said it himself, you're not going to change the way a late 30-year-old pitcher yeah. plays the game. Yeah. You're just not going to do it. Yeah, he used to snag balls with his throwing hand and oh, stuff. Oh, sure. Not yeah. You're, like, you're, not, you're not going to change What are you going to do, yell that. at him? He's a 40-year-old man. Exactly. You're, you're not, you're not, you're not going to change anything about that. And you know what? Even this year, this Tigers team isn't all that great. The Tigers team is a very mediocre team right now, mm-hmm. and with above average starting pitching. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is the reason why oh, yeah. they're five hundred right now. Still it's hitters. Ex- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know what, Tigers fans and fans in general need to look beyond this. If if you're gonna blame anybody for the, why the Tigers are the way they are right now, blame Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski is the one that put this team together. So well, and one thing you can say about you know bringing in bringing in your closer is that despite what that particular game stats may say, your close if you have a good closer, I mean if you have a good closer, not the greatest, but if you have a good closer that you trust, which we have, yeah, <laughs> which we do, the Tigers definitely have that. If you have a good closer, then your closer should be better. Than your starting pitcher. And that's what oh, Jim yeah. Leland said at the end of the game. And that's what Jim Leland said, regardless yep. of who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Nolan Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, in his prime, it, it, your pitcher in the eighth inning, your starting pitcher who's made it this far, isn't supposed to be as good as your closer. 
So if you trust your closer, that's his job. You bring that guy in. You bring that guy in and to shut the game down. That's what you want your starting pitcher to do to get it to your closer mm. or your setup guy. Well, and especially the way this isn't 40 years ago. I mean, that is the thing that – and I hey, – complete games is great. It's, it's awesome sure. and so on. Verlander, obviously, is Love the one. Love to watch that. It's great. It's great to see, but – that isn't the way baseball is anymore. No. The closer isn't just like, oh, you should probably have a closer. You have to you have, have to a have closer. A closer, yes. closer is, that is what you do. The ninth it's inning a is for your position. It's a legitimate position, just as a shortstop or a second baseman is yep. now. You have a closer. You Mariano need. Rivera made no. a career for himself oh, being a closer. Exactly. You know? No, and, and that's he's the a way. Hall of Fame player. Yes. Yeah. And he's a closer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and he pitches one inning, you know, probably five five days a week. You know, I mean, you know, five innings a week or whatever. But, I mean, so if this isn't, and it's not like this is something new. This has been something that's been going on for pretty much the entire span of our lives, for the last 25 years at least. So this isn't, should not be some shock to people to come into it. And like you said, it's not like it was 5 nothing. it was 2 nothing. That was a save opportunity for Valverde, which oh, means sure. that's what the closer's that's there That's what you're for. supposed to do. Exactly. I would actually, yes, if they were up 6 nothing and they brought Valverde in in the ninth, I would be pissed, not just because they took out Porcello, but I would be pissed that they're wasting Valverde for this game. Sure, because put, put anybody in No, there. exactly. That's that's put Benoit. It doesn't even matter. When, you, when you're when you up by a lot, don't put your closer in because that's not what he's there for. He's not just a pitch of garbage inning. So. You, got, you got young middle, middle relievers yeah. on your team. That's what they're that's there what for. That's what they're there for. Dude. If, and you know what? And you're up... Up by big runs. If they let in a couple runs, it's not that big of a deal. So it's not. It's really not. Just like last night. I mean, we were up what six six one going in the ninth. Valverde let in. Didn't have a very good night. He let in three runs, but guess what? Who gives a shit? We still won six three. So we are gonna we are gonna go ahead. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and crash the net right now um, with Aaron Agamire. Aaron, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? Not too bad, guys. How are you? Doing pretty good. I just, you know, a little rant going on right now. I don't know if you heard it or not. Um, I didn't. <laughs> you know, it was Jim Leland stuff, so... Uh, when, when oh, yeah, there. I can understand that. <laughs> it was actually in, in favor of Jim In favor of, yes. Uh, defending him. Yes, so... Um, other than that, though, we're going to talk a little bit of hockey right now. We're... Uh, Again, we're getting to the... We're getting down to the, uh, the end of the conference finals right now, Aaron. Um, uh, we've got... Uh, We've got uh, Vancouver taking on San Jose as we speak. Canucks lead that series three games to one. Um, doesn't look like there's a score in that game just yet. 6.50 or about a little less than seven minutes left to go in the first period. 6.58, uh, that game is 0-0 right now. Oh, I'm sorry, 5.57 now. Um, and that series is uh, basically all Vancouver right now. 3-1 to one Canucks lead that series. Uh, and then out east, we have the Boston Bruins and Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Bruins lead that series three games to two. Let's go ahead and start in uh, out west, though, Vancouver, San Jose. Um, again, you know how big of a, of a critic I am of Roberto Luongo, and, uh, and, and, I, and I thank God right now that we haven't had any type of, uh, any type of people, you know, emailing or anything like that on what I should do if Roberto Luongo <laughs> wins the Stanley Cup because... I, I believe me and Squirrel said stuff, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Fullback Luongo tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> or eat meat. Your choice. Oh, I can't do any of those. Um, but, I mean, Luongo really hasn't been the story in this series. Um, in my opinion, uh, Vancouver has just been 
playing really good, Oliver. What's your take on this series right now as it is 3-1 uh, Vancouver, Aaron? Well, uh, Vancouver's now up uh, one nothing now, thanks to uh, Alex Burroughs, who we all love here. Ah. Oh. But, um, you know, I mean, you know, the series is probably going to end tonight. Uh, Vancouver's been playing really well. They haven't really missed a stride. And, you know, San Jose's, yeah, I feel like they just can't sh- really shake through the whole choker label they've got. Um, you know, they haven't looked like they haven't looked like a real team since they played LA. I'd even say, you know, they played fairly well against Detroit, but uh, you know, LA they just were pretty dominant, and you know, it just seems like they're exchanging players who are going to play well and who's been hot. And right now, Thornton's actually playing very well, but you know, then it leads to Marlowe and Heatley and Couture all kind of cooling off, and then. You know, Vancouver can just roll so many lines against you. You're just not going to win without having your best players play their best. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, this is this this is something that Vancouver needs because Vancouver was, you know, they needed just as much, you know, maybe not as much as uh, as San Jose, and that's just my opinion. Um, just because San Jose, like you said, Aaron, they're just they have that label as being the choke artist. Uh, but again, you know, you have Roberto Luongo, you have you know, the rest of the team that, you know, you have the Sedin Twins, you have, you know, players like Alex Burrows, you have, you know, just Ryan Castle, tons of good players on Vancouver. So they should be, you know, on their way to the Stanley Cup, which it looks like they are. Um, but I'm going to direct the question the other way, Aaron, and that is with the San Jose Sharks, like you said, they, they will continue to have this, you know, the label of being a choke artist in the playoffs. Now, what happens to this team after the season with with guys like Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe and you know Danny Heatley? I mean, is it is it time to blow up this team and go another direction, or do they try to give it another year? Well, I mean, I think they definitely need to look at their goaltending. Um, you know, Antti Niemi, despite winning a Stanley Cup with Chicago, has kind of shown that he's not really going to be that number one guy without a good team in front of him. Um, you know, they've got the offense. It's just the problem is they might just be missing that one piece that kind of puts them over the edge like, uh, you know, Vancouver was. Um, and they brought in the right pieces at the right price. Um, so I think, you know, it's definitely going to be where San Jose is going to look at this as do we maybe make a big splash and try to trade like Heatley or Thornton. But those guys are signed long term. A lot of teams don't have the pieces or the money to give up for any of them. But... Um, it's definitely going to be an interesting situation for San Jose from the offseason because they have shown, you know, pushing even two series to seven games isn't something you want to do. It shows that the team's lacking something, um, whether it be special teams or just straight up not being good enough. So um, San Jose is definitely going to be looking at their team in the offseason here. So basically, you're saying Aaron San Jose might be screwed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, they're definitely going to have to look towards something else this year because they're not going to get, even if they make the Stanley Cup playoffs and a miracle, they're not going to go past and win it. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to go ahead and shift over to the Eastern Conference now. Boston uh, Boston leads that series three games to two. Um, Tampa Bay, um, what did they, they overcome a three-goal deficit the other day to come back and win that game. Um you know, I I think this game is going seven games. Um, obviously, the story of this series, though, has you know, for large part, has been the play of um, of uh, oh my God, why is he Dwayne Rolls? Tyler Sagan. 
No, uh, Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was one it was of the wrong. two. Yeah, well, I did slip my mind. But anyways, um, I mean, what, do you, do you, I mean, I think, I like I said, I think this game is going seven games. Uh, I still think Boston's going to end up taking it. Um, I don't know. What are your impressions right now, Aaron, as we stand with uh, with a 3-2 to Boston lead in, uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals? Well, no, and you know, you're, you hit the nail on the head. Is, uh, Tim Thomas has really carried this team. Um, you know, I think losing Bergeron and then having to put in Sagan, you know, that just kind of goes to show the depth of that team where they can just put in a first overall pick and just look how well he's played for them. Uh, you know, he has more points than a lot of the other players on even Tampa or Boston. Um, he just came in and made an immediate impact. And, uh, you know, like I said, they started Mike Smith for game six. I think that was a smart move, even though they ended up losing the game. But I think Dwayne Rolson coming back in will really amp the team up and kind of help them at least push it to a game seven, which then leads to a complete toss-up because both teams are hungry for it and both teams could easily go and win that game because they have the firepower, they have the defense, they have the goaltending. I mean, Tim Thomas and Dwayne Rolson are both phenomenal goaltenders, especially this year. What what happens to Dwayne Wilson after this year? I mean, he's forty, he's forty years old. Does he come back another season, or is it, or is this basically it for him? I mean, that's really going to depend, I think, on his health and his will to play. Um, he has had a great year in which he'll easily get a contract extension, probably from Eisman, even if it's going to be as a backup role to Mike Smith. He's one of the guys that can come in and you know teach a guy, show him how to play, how to play correctly. And I mean, based off how he's played the second half of the year and now into the playoffs here, he shows he still can play at the highest level and be effective. Well, I mean, looking ahead now, and I know the Stanley Cup finals isn't set. I you know, I don't and I don't want to say it's safe to say we're gonna have Vancouver, you know, in the Stanley Cup finals because we saw what Chicago did coming back three games and none against them and, you know, Detroit obviously came back um, three games and none against San Jose. But, I mean, out of the Eastern Conference, what team does Vancouver match up best against? Um, I'd probably say Tampa, uh, just because Tampa has, they have a pretty loaded front two lines, um, whereas Boston has a pretty even level defense, and Tim Thomas can obviously, you know, focus on the first two lines and then kind of, you know, the role players aren't going to give you too much to worry about. Whereas with Boston, it, it kind of seems a little bit more you have to be aware of who's on the ice at all times, um, you know, and Vancouver really can just overload them, I think. Um, but I think, you know, Tampa Bay is easily even more favorable matchup for them just because, you know, they've shown some chinks in the armor based off of this series. Uh, but, you know, either team, it's really going to be an interesting matchup because Vancouver might be a little fatigued off of this matchup with San Jose. They've lost a couple defensemen. And it's really going to be interesting to see how they can recover, depending on when the Cup Finals start. My God, I just—I can only hope though, whoever comes out of the East, they beat Vancouver because I'm—I'm I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> you should. Who be. knows? Maybe you know Matthew Schneider might have to come in and win it for Vancouver because you know, Longo might just get hurt or he might just bow out out of foul play. <laughs> yeah. Which means which means I win then, right? No. Yeah. No. Oh, definitely. No. We're looking for your best interest, Adam. I don't. D- don't help him out. <laughs> if, if Luongo's name is on the cup, 
Adam's getting a full back tat. It is a <laughs> it is a beautiful thing if this happens. Can we just have Ligolas yourself draw it, Squirrel? We'll, you are we'll at least to draw it. Yeah, we'll at least do It that. really isn't going to matter because they didn't have to go through Detroit, so Adam's still going to come out. There we go. Thumb. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. You're, you're enabling right now, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is the only thing that would have been better for our purposes if they would have beat the wings. I didn't even think about that. That would have been the best. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thinking about uh, about winning, I don't want to use that old Charlie Sheen thing because I hate that guy. But um, winning. Yeah, but it seems like a, a winning city right now is uh, the city of Winnipeg because it looks like uh, they are, you know, it, it looks like basically they just need to, you know, dot the T's and or dot the I's and cross the and cross the T's there, excuse you know, me. Speaking of Sheen, though, this they already have had a team. And if you know what Charlie Sheen says, you know, the first one's free, but the second one's in your mouth. Yep. So Uh-oh. I'm not really sure if if that Winnipeg can handle a second team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but anyways, a lot uh, to put in your mouth. Like I said, Aaron, it, it seems like uh, it seems like it's all but done that the Atlanta Thrashers are gonna be moving over to the uh, over to Winnipeg, and Winnipeg, like you, uh, like you just mentioned, Squirrel is going to have their second NHL team. Um, obviously, the first time they had the Jets, who moved to Phoenix back in 1996, and, uh, and you, we're traded Tim Shovelday yes. by the Detroit Red Wings. Um, but anyways, uh, noting. Uh, anyway, Atlanta, the Thrashers, they tried to have a rally to save to save the team, and I guess only 200 people showed up to it. Um, Which is average ouch. attendance. Ouch. But, uh, yeah, exactly. I so wanted the fans to... brought their families. Yes. <laughs> but I wanted to talk a little bit more about about possible conference realignment, Aaron. And it's um, it's it's going to get interesting if you're a Detroit, if you're a Nashville, or if you're a Columbus fan. Because right now, and we talked about a little bit about it last week, because it seems like these are the three teams that... Um, are on the verge as well of, of making a switch themselves, of moving over to the uh, moving over to the Eastern Conference. And you know, you've heard it all before in the past about Detroit, you know, being first in line to go over to the East because they, you know, they have seniority over some of these other teams. They wanted it first, um, but you know, Gary Bettman may choose to keep them over in the West to uh, to uh, you know just just to keep a high profile team out West. Um, but I've also heard, Aaron, and I don't know if you've heard this or not, but the NHL might just go ahead and totally revamp the entire conference um, alignment and, you know, just do something totally different. I don't know if this is something you heard about or maybe thought about yourself, Aaron. Um, no, yeah, definitely. You know, it's definitely something uh, I've thought about before. Um, you know, I remember hearing... Just a couple months ago, you know, someone brought up the point, why do we even have divisions anymore if, you know, we have a team that's in the middle of the country going out west every couple hours or every couple weeks? What's the point? You know, might as well just almost set it up like uh, where, you know, there's just there's two conferences, you split it down the middle, and, you know, everyone plays each other evenly. Um, but besides that, you know, there's just, yeah, it's something a lot of people thought about where you completely just try to revamp it, maybe split it into four divisions, split it into two conferences, three divisions, four divisions, even try to lower it even more to just get some more rivalries out of it. But um, it's one of those things where I don't know what they're going to do. If anything, if, if Winnipeg does move this year, it's going to be an interesting situation because you completely throw out the schedule you already had planned. Mm-hmm. 
and try to realign the whole division? Or do you just keep Winnipeg in that Southeast division for a year and, you know, let's say, hey, you guys really wanted to move this bad. If you wanted to move the team, we're punishing your franchise by making you pay for them to fly everywhere all year. That's what I so, That's what I heard, though, Aaron, is that, you know, since the schedule is just about done being made for next season, they are going to keep Winnipeg in the Southeast division for one year and then do the alignment, you know, after that. And you also heard uh, Wings, uh, Wings Vice President Jimmy Devolano come out and say that the Wings are staying put at least for next season. And Aaron, since I basically have no life whatsoever, um, I went through and I, uh, <laughs> and I, and I, and I did my own realignment myself. I did it based off an American national, um, alignment, kind of like what we see in baseball and in football. And for Red Wings fans out there, um, in the AL central, you're going to have Toronto, Montreal, Detroit, Chicago, and Pittsburgh, which, um, seems a little ridiculous considering, yeah, Nicholas says it's ridiculously awesome. Um, but I also did a North and South, which I, I really like the North and South uh, um, alignment. And Detroit would be in a Great Lakes division with Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, and Toronto. Um, the only teams that were a little misplaced in all of this were um, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, who were almost forced to be in the South or in the Southern Conference. So I don't know. I think I think a north and south might work based off um, what I have here. It seems like it would work, and teams would also be traveling the uh, the same basically because every team is going to have to make that trip out west, you know. Since you know teams out west are still going to be in their conference, so I don't know. I like the north and south division here, um, and again too, it would be something bad, you know, different than you know the east and west format that we've had for so many years. No, and, you know, definitely, and um, you made up some really good points there, and, you know, um, some really interesting, at least, sounding conferences or divisions, but, uh, you know, it is just such an imperfect system where you can't make everyone happy, but, um, you know, I think kind of the better part would be trying to just, I mean, and one of the better things for the NHL might be to try to just split up, maybe just have a year where you kind of try to revive some of those original six rivalries, you know, have Detroit play, you know, Montreal, Toronto a couple more times a year instead of just once every other year. Um, you know, have them play Boston a couple times a year. Have them play Chicago even maybe five or six times a year to just try to get some interest peaked back into it because people watch those games. That's the thing about it. I mean, even if you have to have Colorado play Phoenix another two times instead of just two or three, it's something where you'll get at least a little more mainstream interest generated into it. Absolutely, absolutely, and it, and it, and that's another thing too. Is it seems like it, we talked about interleague play in, in Major League Baseball the other day and around the diamond, but it's it. This seems like something that the NHL should look into just to you know spark some more interest back into into the game of hockey. Um, other than that, though, we've got um, some players, longtime NHL players, might be retiring. Um, as soon as tomorrow, Brian Rafalski from the Detroit Red Wings um, has been a defenseman in the NHL for, I believe, 12 years. Um, played, has three Stanley Cups, two with, uh, two with the New Jersey Devils, one with the Detroit Red Wings. And then another, another player, ironically enough, another Michigan-born player is Doug Wade of the New York Islanders, looks to be retiring as well. Um, Aaron, I just I just want to know what what do you think and you know of these two players you know in terms of their careers and you know and you know what kind of 
I don't want to say what kind of mark they're going to leave on the game because, you know, they weren't, you know, they're both good players, but not legendary players. But I don't know. What what, what was your opinion on these two players? Well, you know, both are really very good players. And they both played, you know, in very different systems, um, very different leagues even. You know, Rafalski came over from, he played in uh, Western Europe for about five years before the double took him up. And then, you know, he made a big splash when he came to Detroit and produced really well. But, you know, then Doug White, he played for about six NHL teams, I believe, but he made an impact on each and every one of them. You know, I believe he's been captain on two or three different teams. Um, you know, and it's definitely a sad day, obviously. Uh, you know, the Rafalski one kind of caught everyone off guard, I think. It definitely did me, and I mean, I know I told you about it as soon as I heard, but, you know, the White one was coming for a while. Uh, he's been around probably about 20 years now. He's played a long time, and I think he's just kind of accepted that, you know, He's got a mediocre team around him, and he's too proud, I think, and loyal to kind of move to another team to try to make another stab at something. But, you know, with Rafalski, it's just still a bit of a shock that, you know, injuries could take a player down so far. Well, yeah, and you know what, this may, I mean, for Red Wings fans, I mean, it is a shock, but it it may be a blessing in disguise for them because Rafalski was making, getting ready to make $6 million next season, and... That six million dollars now can be uh, can be used in many different ways. You can break it up and spread it around, or you can use it to throw at a, at a big time free agent out there, whether they're unrestricted or restricted. And I'm talking as far as restricted free agents go, uh, maybe Shea Weber um, from the Nashville Predators, or you know, if you want to go the unrestricted route, you know, maybe Brad Richards of uh, of the Dallas Stars right now. So. You know, like I said, it, this may be a blessing in disguise for Detroit fans, just because it enables them to go out and potentially make a big splash in this year's free agent market. Well, no, and you know that's definitely true, and um, you know it shows, I think, a lot of character and um, honestly, a lot of courage by Brian Rafalski to, you know, do that for the organization when he knew, you know, he wouldn't make as much of an impact next year as he kind of has the past couple years. And I think it shows a lot of how much this organization takes care of its players and how they reciprocate that when, you know, he turns down a $6 million paycheck when he could have played maybe 40 games and still done something to have made that money. Um, but, you know, it definitely could be a blessing to the guys, depending on how Mike Illich and Ken Holland decide to spend that money. They could go after Brad Richards. You know, and the more I thought about it, I know I talked to you about uh, the Shea Weber thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> As much as I'd love it, I don't think, you know, Ken Holland's been around for about 10 years now. He's yet to go after a restricted free agent. You know, I don't see him changing that, despite, you know, how much defensive need there might be in the future now with Lidstrom possibly retiring, probably next year. Rafalski going, you know, Drew Doughty, uh, Keith Yandel, Zach Bogosian, and Shea Weber all restricted this year. But I don't see them willing to give up that many draft picks to go after those guys. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Aaron. You know, I almost hope they don't go after Shea Weber this year because if they, you know, I believe he will be an unrestricted free agent next year. And like you mentioned, uh, with Lidstrom's contract coming, probably coming off the books next season, then you know that I, I believe going after him when he's an unrestricted free agent, you're able to, you know, obviously you don't have to give up the draft picks, um, but you know, you could. You can look to sign him to a longer-term contract as well, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Well, which is true. I mean, it, it really all depends on what teams decide if they want to go after Weber. Uh, 
you know, I'm sure Nashville would love to kind of try to get him a lower-end deal maybe for a couple of years, but if some teams go after him, and you've seen it more and more lately, especially with San Jose last year going after Jarmelson uh, from Chicago, you know, they threw a lot of money at him, and Chicago was forced to match it, and he got paid big just for four-year contract. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, with Weber, I don't think it'll happen. He's mentioned he wants to stay in Nashville, and he's sure he'll work something out with that organization. And, you know, they do have the cap space spend $10 million on him. I just don't see it happening with Detroit trying to give up, you know, four picks and that much money to Nashville just to bring him over. Uh, they're, I think, going to be relying a lot on Brendan Smith making the team next year. Yeah, and that's and that's... And that's another thing too is the Red Wings may just uh they may just uh go the route of, you know getting some of these uh some of these younger players up from uh Grand Rapids, like you like you just said, Brandon Smith or um you know, and then there's Jakub Kindle who's gonna be, you know, on the roster next season as well and you know, do they go out and do they sign re sign Jonathan Erickson next season and then you know, who knows? Um other no, than yeah, that- and uh, just one more hint on yeah. that is, you know, a lot of people have been throwing around uh, Ed Jovanovski coming over for a year, um, you know, which wouldn't be bad. He'd be a good mainstay over. A lot of people would be left, I think, complaining about, you he know, would- oh, we're not tough enough because he brings a lot to the table. But another player I think that would actually kind of help replace the void left by Ravalski would be Brian McCabe, whose contract is coming up off in New York this year. Uh, Ed Jovanowski wouldn't try to uh, murder Darren Helm, would he, in the locker room after what happened that first series? I hope not. You know, they have uh, pretty short memories in hockey thanks to all those concussions. <laughs> um, older players, though, Yamir Yager, you're hearing some rumblings around the NHL right now that he may be making a return. Um, can Yager return and be effective in this league right now, Aaron? Um. I think, yeah, he could still be an effective player. Um, I don't think you can expect kind of the numbers he'd put up in previous years, obviously, when he was in his early 30s and in his prime. But, you know, he could easily return to a team like, uh, you know, the Rangers or uh, Washington or even someone like L.A. And, you know, he'd be really an effective player as long as he has a supporting cast because he's not going to have that same shot. He's not going to have those same uh, great offensive plays because, you know, age takes a toll. And then, you know, his main reason for leaving in the first place was, the NHL schedule is too long and too hard. He wasn't happy with it, and he was tired of playing that much. So, I mean, he can still make an impact. It's just, would he be happy enough with a contract and a team to come back and put himself through that hassle of getting ready for that long of a season? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it would it would definitely be interesting to see Yamir Yager come back um, and play in the NHL. Um you know, obviously, he he hasn't had the. When I think of Yami Yager, for some reason, I you know I think of uh, Peter Forsberg trying to return, but Peter Forsberg and Yami Yami Yager didn't have nearly the uh, the injury problems that Peter Forsberg had. But you know, you you look around. I mean, uh, you know, Timo Solani still playing. In the, I mean, he he may re- he may retire after this season. Um, obviously, Paul Career pa- Paul Korea didn't play at all last season. He may come back for another year. So there's some older stars still in the league right now, um, and like I said, it, it'd be it'd be very very interesting to see um, Yamir Yager come back into the NHL, and um, it'd be interesting to see you know what team he plays for and what type of role 
he would have with that team. So um, one last thing um, I have on here, Aaron, and this is the Sports Business Journal names the NHL the Pro League of the Year. That's what I know from you because the NHL, you know, gets a lot of, uh, they get a lot of, uh, you know, of criticism. And I really don't see them being as the Pro Sports League of the Year. I guess, you know, maybe baseball. Other than that, though, I, I I just can't see the NHL as the Pro Sports League of the Year. What do you think? Uh, I think there's probably a lot of factors that kind of goes into becoming that Pro Sports League of the Year, and I think Gary Batman paid him off. I think exactly. You know, the <laughs> NHL kind of won it off of default because you know the NBA is well, they're still the NBA. Uh, the NFL is going through a lockout process that could be detrimental to the season, um, and then you have Major League Baseball who had the worst viewership rating in how long between the Giants and uh, who'd they play? I think kind of proves my point. The Rangers. But, <laughs> <laughs> you so, know, yeah, so, but the NHL did do a lot of good things this year. Um, you know, they had great viewership. Uh, they stood behind the Coyotes, which, you know, was unanimously approved by the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they stood against the public outcry versus Chara when he almost killed a guy against in Montreal, sure. Um, you know the discipline, beefing up against headshots. Um, they've had stellar television ratings throughout the NHL playoffs, as well as the winter uh, the winter classic. So you know, I think versus any other league this year, they've improved more than anyone. And so I'm not very against this whole title. I mean, I don't know how acclaimed this title is, but it's you know it's not a bad thing. They definitely have provided that they've improved this year more so than other leagues. Yeah, it, it definitely does seem though like it was it was lack of a lack of a better option though for uh, as far as the, as far as you know the major sports leagues go. You know, like you said, with basketball having its problems, NFL being in a lockout, and you know baseball too, or not baseball not being in a lockout, but maybe not garnering the interest um, across the board that it you know that it might might have had a few years ago, but. Very um, good. Baseball's still pretty damn good. Oh right yeah, now. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Go ahead, squirrel. Oh, you know, uh, Aaron, I just, uh, Tip's not in tonight, so I just wanted to throw out, you know, he usually asks you a Red Wing question. And you you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I just want to know your uh, your flat-out opinion. Uh, will, uh, yay or nay, will Nick Lindstrom be uh, in an NHL uniform next year? Um, I do. You know, I think if they were still playing now and perhaps Vancouver knocked him out, it would probably actually defer my opinion to no. But, um, you know, I think with how heartbreaking that San Jose series was to not only him and the team, but the fans, and how, you know, he's been nominated for a Norse Trophy, I have no doubt in my mind he'll return for another year just because he sees the game so well that there's just, he hardly has to put effort into how he plays. And that, you know, works so well for him because he doesn't have to work hard to get in front of a guy and take the body to... Um, potentially risk injury. You know, he played, again, almost every single game last year. The year before, he played every single game. And it just goes to show how really prepared he is for every season and how well he hasn't had to deal with any injury problems outside of, you know, I think the last time he actually might have missed a game was when in the Chicago series a couple years ago where he had to have a testicle removed, you know. (laughs) That's the worst he's had to deal with. That's pretty bad. bad. (laughs) 
Oh, man. I, I would probably call it quits right there, to yeah. tell you the truth. <laughs> I would. Uh, I guess Nick Lindstrom has more balls than you, even though he doesn't. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, yeah. Anyways, though. <laughs> I, I actually tend to agree with you, Aaron. I just wanted your uh, your opinion on the books for that one. Anyways, though, uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us this week for Crashing the Net. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you uh, next week when we are... Um, um, we'll get the Stanley Cup final started, so it um, should be a big week next week. It sounds good, guys. All right, have a good night, Aaron. See you. Hey, you too. Uh, that is Aaron Egemeyer of Crash in the Net. And you can hear that every uh, every Tuesday night uh, right here on the Majors Live, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you check that out. And like I said, next week we should be uh, right in the thick of things for the Stanley Cup final. So uh, stay tuned for that. Other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and take another quick commercial break. This is the Majors Live on themajors.net. We'll be right back. I wasn't going to school because I was just making money stealing cars. Well, I was 10 when I first got involved with drugs. I skipped school because, you know, nobody cared. When I first got pregnant, school was not important to me, so I dropped out. I just thought the only way I can make something out of my life is that if I get an education. I still need to go to school to make, make it for myself. Stay in school. Give yourself a chance. I think I'm happier now. I know I'm happier now. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. This is Carl Edwards here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You want to make a difference? It's simple. Be responsible. Plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. People have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later. And you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah, and I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. This is a Majors update. I'm Adam Hernandez. The family of a San Francisco Giants fan who was brutally beaten at Dodger Stadium in March has sued the team and his troubled owner, Frank McCourt, claiming inadequate security was partially to blame for the attack. The suit filed Tuesday in Los Angeles Superior Court on behalf of 42-year-old of the 42-year-old paramedic Brian Stowe contends the Dodgers were ne negligent 
By not providing more security, the suit claims the stadium has more crime than any other Major League Baseball venue. Still remains in critical but stable condition under heavy sedation to prevent seizures caused by the traumatic brain injury he suffered in the March 31st attack. Police arrested a man Sunday, but charges have not yet been filed. A spokesman for McCord did not immediately respond to an email seeking comment. The Atlanta Thrashers' sale to move to Winnipeg is not yet official, but Atlanta Mayor Kazim Reed talked on Tuesday as if losing the team is inevitable. I think any time we lose a major sports franchise, it's tough, Reed said. It is going to hurt the city, but we will withstand it just fine, and we will get through it. We have a lot of positive things going on in the sports franchise space, and I think we'll be announcing pretty soon that we'll offset it a bit. This would not be the first time longtime Atlanta hockey fans have suffered the pain of losing a team to Canada. Atlanta lost its first team in 1980 when the Flames moved to Calgary. In NFL news, the NFL has canceled next month's Rookie Symposium, the first league event called off because of the lockout. League spokesman Greg Yello said Tuesday the decision was made because of the uncertainty of the labor issues we are facing and the logistical challenges of conducting the symposium. And in one final NCAA note, the NCAA has put Connecticut on notice, improve in the classroom or face tougher penalties. The Huskies men's basketball team was one of six BCS teams sanctioned Tuesday for subpar marks in the NCAA's annual academic progress rates report. The Associated Press reported last week that UConn will lose two scholarships for the upcoming season because of the APR report. And if grades don't get better, the Huskies' punishment could get worse. We are all disappointed in our academic performance, and going forward, we are going to attack this in the only way I know how, and that is to work as hard as possible to get better every day, Coach Jim Calhoun said in a statement. I do not know that over the past year we have made improvements and are moving in the right direction. To avoid losing more scholarships or practice time, UConn will have to prove it. And the Huskies weren't the only school getting hit Tuesday. Southern University of Baton Rouge, Louisiana became the first school to face postseason bans in two programs, men's basketball and football, because of academics. The APR measures classroom performance of student-athletes on every Division I team. Teams scoring below the 925 cut line in one year can face immediate, immediate penalties. Those scoring below 900 or with low scores for several years face tougher historical sanctions. For more, check out themajors.net. In the meantime, we'll get back to the majors live on themajors.net. I am Adam Hernandez. Welcome back, everybody, to the Majors Live on the Majors.net. This is webisode number 62. It's almost day 2,190 in the search for Tim Shevelday. If you're just joining us, so far tonight we've discussed at length our fan question, which was whether or not you'll be watching the Indy 500. This got us into some pretty extensive racing talk. We then segued into Lance Armstrong and his issues happening right now, and also the death of Macho Man Randy Savage. We uh, then went into the MLB manager's talk and Jim Leland being under fire. We crashed the net playoff style with Aaron Agemeyer. Here is your host, Adam Hernandez. Well, I'm going to go ahead and um, 
We'll go ahead and throw it back to you, Squirrel. Uh, what is uh? You're not going to be at Grouty this week. I am not going to be. But what is going to be happening? Grouty, this week Grouty. Detroit Grouty Radio will be squirrelless this week. I will be absent, but we're going to have Nick talking on the uh, music segment panel, and we uh, yeah, the Grouties are just going to they're going to kind of kick it old school this it's week. It's, uh, it's Grouty old school this week. It is. It is. It's so uh, tune in to. Uh, Tune into Grouty. I, as as many know, I am not technically uh, an original on the Detroit Grouty Radio podcast, so uh, this will uh, they're gonna they're gonna do some old school grouttiness this week. But I'll still be there. Yes. So yes, <laughs> Adam Arsface Hernandez I'll be will there. be there. Lickless will be there. Diggler, Artifact, Goof Juice, the uh, regular. Goof Juice is not Goof Juice is an original either. He was not. No. Goof Juice is not. I actually was on the original Detroit Grouty Radio um, when it was just internet radio mm-hmm. back in the day, but the original podcast crew is uh, Lickless Diggler, Artifact, and Timmel. Well, there we go. But uh, tune in this week. They're going to kick it old school. Yep, and uh, Inside the Huddle is not on this weekend. Um, we are in our off week this week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Two weeks. Um, well, less than two weeks. So um, we'll be back at you for Inside the Huddle then. Um, other than that, though, we are going to... Uh, we're going to go in to get to our, uh, our bitches and badasses. We talked about our fan question at length, um, so we're going to kind of move past that. Uh, bitches and badasses this past week. Um, again, like always, we do this every week. Who's the biggest bitch? Who's the biggest badass from this past week in sports or whatever, really? Um, so who wants to take it first? Go ahead, Squirrel. Uh, you know, my bitch this week. This is hard for me. This is this is this is really hard for me actually to talk about this. But um, as people who listen to the show know, I am um, quite the Tom Brady slappy. Um, I am a I have a extensive a major man crush on Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady this week was photographed on a water slide. If you haven't seen this, uh, you need to Google image Tom Brady. Um, he was photographed on a water slide with his Bieber hair tucked back behind his ears, and he looks terrified, to say the least, <laughs> on this water slide that really doesn't look that scary. Um, so we get to see Tom Brady. You know, when when Tom Brady originally got the Bieber do, I I didn't make him the bitch. When um, Tom Brady, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're looking at the picture now. When uh, when Tom Brady cried on the ESPN special about how tough the draft day was for him, <laughs> I did not make him my bitch. When Tom Brady didn't cut his Bieber do even after he got fight about it um, <laughs> in the locker room <laughs> with Randy Moss with Randy Moss um, I didn't make him my bitch um, when he still 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 to this day has not cut the Bieber do still not a bitch this uh, Tom Brady photograph of him on the water slide is just it's bad. Go check it out. Um, so people, ask, it'll be up on our Facebook page shortly. Yeah. So um, just you know, so people are asking, you know, who is your bitch this week, Squirrel? And I will tell you, the guy that took this photograph of Tom Brady—that's my bitch. <laughs> what, what the hell do you think people think you're doing? Don't you realize how cool Tom Brady is? I mean, come on, who the hell do you think you are? 
taking pictures of Tom Brady looking like a 10-year-old girl on a water slide. I mean, this you can't do that to Tom Brady. It's ridiculous, you bitch and bitch. Put down your camera and stop taking pictures of Tom Brady that make him look bad. <laughs> so <laughs> the guy that took the picture is my bitch for this week. Badass. Um, I'm go with Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, he's playing out of his mind. He's awesome. I am predicting right now Dirk Nowitzki will be your NBA Finals MVP after they uh, beat the Miami Heat. So, uh, you know, uh, if if he continues to play like he is, I think that that will happen for sure. But uh, he's awesome, and he's definitely playing like quite the badass. All right. God, I hope they beat. God, I hope. The idea of <laughs> Miami winning is just a horrific thing. My uh, badass for this week, it, it's technically combined, but it's about the same thing. Uh Recently, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions were both asked by uh, HBO Films Hard Knock series mm-hmm. if they could follow them, and both teams said no. They turned them down because they both said that they want they did not want to have any distractions going into the season. And to me, that's awesome, especially being a Lions fan. Um, as cool as it would have been, obviously, but mm-hmm. that it shows a pretty brutal show uh, just for, you know, the brutal reality of how tough sports are. So I would much prefer for them to be closed off practices and not have the whole world be able to see what's going on with the team. And Jim Schwartz himself is pretty closed-lipped about what he does anyway, so I was very happy that they both turned him down. Uh, My bitch for this week is uh, Ben Eager of the San Jose Sharks. I don't know if anybody watched Game 2 of the San Jose uh, Vancouver series, but uh, and he got benched for game three. Uh, he should have been benched. He was basically a lunatic out there. He would, I mean, I, th- I believe he got five penalties in the game. I think he had three in the last eight minutes of the game. He would literally run out of the penalty box and cross-check someone right in front of the rock. I don't know if this was Ben Eager, if this was him in the penalty box at the time, but did you see that picture? That's who it was, yeah. Of uh, the, the girl who flashed on Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the girl who flashed him, and she's not a uh, not very attractive girl, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, I I could almost say for I wanted to go San Jose Sharks in general because they've just proven themselves to be the the new Philadelphia Flyers, and they are the dirtiest team in the league, and just the biggest bunch of assholes, no class whatsoever. But Ben Eager's performance in Game Two, uh, just I it was like watching a raving lunatic out there. He would just mm-hmm. I mean. I just—it was unacceptable. Why they kept letting him go back out there is beyond me. But um, totally my bitch this week. All right, and uh, for me, my bitch is is a writer for Yahoo Sports by the name of Ryan Lambert. And Ryan Lambert is um, dude from American Idol. No. Oh, that was. That's Adam. Lambert. Oh, is his brother. <laughs> then? Might as well be, but he is a uh, like I said, he's a. He's a writer for Yahoo Sports. He writes for uh, their hockey blog on there called Puck Daddy. And every single year they uh, they go on and they talk about, you know, teams that are eliminated from the playoff. They give them their eulogy. And at first, he, you know, to begin with, he is no fan of not only the Red Wings. He's not a fan of the city of Detroit. He goes out of his way to bash the city of Detroit. And, again, I'm... I'm, uh, again, yeah, exactly, Legolas. I mean, he wasn't being original at all in anything that he said in his article. 
And, you know, there's a response to it on our website, Detroit.themajors.net, which you can find it there. Um, but basically everything that he's going on to say about the team is it's untrue. I mean, it's just it's it's just one, you know, it, it's the cliche argument against the Red Wings that they have disproven year after year after year. It's the they're too old argument. It's the, you know, and, and then it, he goes on to take shots at Detroit, the Detroit's a dump and blah, 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 blah. Same thing we, you know, we've heard plenty of times before and you know it, 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 it get people like that just need to get new material because it's, it's old it's played out so he's my bitch for this past week um ryan lambert uh writer for the yahoo hockey blog puck daddy uh, my badass though is jose batista of the uh of the toronto blue jays he has just been he's, he's been on fire since last season um this season um he's played in 39 games 39 runs um, and 139 at-bats. He has 49 hits, seven doubles, one triple, um, 19 home runs so far with 32 RBIs. He has 41 base on balls, so he's obviously pitchers are, start, are, are afraid to pitch to him. Last season he had 54 home runs, um, and this is all during um, – Obviously, past the steroid era in baseball, um, which is which is kind of crazy because in 2009 he had 13 home runs, and in 2008 he had three home runs, and he's basically averaged out at about uh, about 15 home runs throughout his you know for a season throughout his career until la- until last year when he hit 54, and this season he's obviously already broken his past numbers at 19. So um, test him. Toss them. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Jose Batista is just uh, is is just tearing things up in Toronto right now. So he's leading hitter in fantasy by forty points, by the way. And there you so. Yep. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, though, we do have a majors top ten this week. It is the top MLB hats, and we're going to do things a little bit different this week. Um, instead of me having a list ready, which you guys are just going to name off. We're gonna compile our own list right now. We can get into a debate on, uh, on you know, what hats are the best. What hats have the best insignia in baseball? What are the most original? You know, what just what are the best overall hats right now in baseball? And um, there's only three that are worthwhile. So, well, see, I already I already have my top. Well, well, my top three. So, um, why don't you go? We'll get our list together. Um, Let's see here. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm going with the Yankees number one. So I'm not a total homer. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Top ten. Tough. Like. Yeah, top ten's a little tough. <laughs> yeah. <they have laughs> right off the. Like, okay. Right okay. The okay. 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 Let's let's change things up then because let's go ahead and do the top five for now. Then we can figure out the top ten later on, and we'll post it on the website. So top five right now. Um, let's see. I just need one more here. Uh, let's see. Why not? All right. Let me know when you're ready. We'll go ahead and we'll name them off. Ready. We'll name off our top uh, our top five here. Go ahead, squirrel. All right. You want me to start at five? Yes. You okay. Number five, I'm going to go Colorado Rockies. Number four, Cleveland Indians. 
Number three, New York Yankees. Number two, Detroit Tigers. Number one, Cincinnati Reds. Lickless, you ready? No, Lickless isn't ready yet. <laughs> I told you I only care about three, so <laughs> it's um, hard for me to think past that. For me, I've got the uh, I've got the Minnesota Twins. Oh, okay, that's amazing. Um, I've got the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. I've got the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. I've got the Detroit Tigers, and then I've got the New York Yankees. And those are my. Uh, I like your top two. I like my top two. You don't you don't like the Boston you don't like no. Boston or L A. No. No? No. What's wrong with them? They suck. Are you just talking the team or the hat? Perhaps. <laughs> well, what is it? I, I, I want to think that it's the hat, that I don't like the hat, but can I rule out my own personal bias 100%? No. Yeah, I can't put the Dodgers or the Red Sox on there. I'm sorry. No, the Dodgers I can buy. The Red Sox is dumb. The Red Sox? Yeah, it's dumb. Sucks. Stupid. It's a classic. It's a, it's a classic. Hair. It's yeah. a classic insignia. I put them right around 30th, right behind the Florida Marlins. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Oh, with the Dodgers. Come on. It's L.A. Dodger blue, man. Come on. What's wrong with that? That's great. Man. What, do you, what do you have against the Dodgers? White Sox. That's one that should be maybe mentioned. White Sox? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's an honorable mention for me. Red Sox? No. You ready, Lickless? Sure. All right, go ahead. The Giants, five. The Reds, four. Cubs, three. Tigers, two. Yankees, one. Oh, I forgot about Cubs. the Cubs. Cubs are good. Cubs, yeah, I like the Cubs. Wait, what was your number one? Yankees. Yankees. Which is funny because actually the only hat you'll pretty much ever see me wear is a Cubs hat, actually. But there's no doubt in my mind that the Yankees and the Tigers are the best. Yeah. Well, the Tigers, too, are... I think they're the only team that has two different hats. Well, no, not anymore no. because of the the second and third hat. But they do have two different Old English Ds that they work with. They do. The Old English D on the hat is different than the Old English D on the uh, on their uniform. Which I was unaware. I didn't. I just found this out two weeks ago that they changed it like four or five years ago. I, I did not know that they did. I mean, and it's a pretty subtle change. It's. Still a D and everything, but uh, you know, it, it's good enough. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I love the Tigers. I just, I don't want to name the Tigers first. I did the same thing. Yeah, same here. You know what though? I mean, the Yankees. The Yankees is a, it's a, it's a classic hat. Mm -hmm. I mean, all across, you know, across the board. I mean, you know what that emblem represents you know just by oh, looking at it i mean and actually the tigers is the same length yeah I oh mean, totally is. i mean and in the the thing you gotta like about the tigers is that when you know i go out of state you know whenever i go out of state to cover something i'll i'll usually bring my uh my tigers hat and it it kind of represents the city of detroit more than it just represents, oh, totally. not maybe not more, but as much as it represents the Tigers, where I think the Yankees hat represents the Yankees. You know, I mean, I know it's NY, but I think that represents the Yankees, where the Tigers hat, I think, in my opinion, seems to represent not just the Tigers, but the city, the, yeah. the city itself, I more so than most hats. I, I totally agree with you, because whenever I go to town, I find myself only wearing my tiger stuff which i have mm -hmm. a lot of tiger stuff but i just I, I like the fact that i'm from detroit um yeah. but 
the, with the same thing, actually, with the Yankees, just because of the term Yankee, it's an American term, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, that is one thing. Anywhere around the world, you are a Yankees head. They know you're from America. I sure. mean, that's an American thing. I mean, they, they still call us. Yeah. I don't know how many people still call us the Yanks, but, I mean, that was what we were known as. So, it's... It's a it's it's an American term I, in general. I agree. So. Yeah, you know, I think you had a really good point there, Nicholas. I think if you went to Europe wearing your Yankees hat, it would represent more than just, just the New baseball, York Yankees. Yeah. Um, I think worldwide it means more than that. Sure. Then this country, it means friggin' the Yankees. Yeah. I think worldwide though, it means America. It do, and I think the main reason it doesn't represent the city is because a lot of people in that city are Mets fans. Oh, definitely. So there's a lot of big time New Yorkers who will look at your Yankees hat and say, "Screw you, F you. <laughs> you know, go Mets." So that, yeah. I think that's uh, you know a major part of it. But yeah, it's true. I mean, Nicholas and I, you know, will you know just whether it's personal things or when we've covered events. You know, together and a lot of things. We'll wear, you know, Detroit stuff. And you look harsh. Yeah, you look pretty cool when you're out in a different state wearing your Detroit stuff. You people Absolutely. think you're hardcore. And you get instant street cred wearing your uh, <laughs> wearing your Detroit Tigers, your uh, old English D I'm, on I'm, your head. I'm so glad they got rid of that old mid '90s Detroit Tigers hat with the caged tiger. Yuck! No, the '94 Tigers. Yeah, yeah. Was, it was only for a handful of years. It was so. it was horrible. I had the hat too, just because Same I was, I I was younger oh, too, yeah, and you know it was. I don't even. Yeah, I was thirteen or whatever. Yeah, so and I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was awesome too. But now I just look back. I'm like, wow, that was incredibly so lame. Sad. I had a Florida Marlins hat too. I had a Florida Marlins. I was big into the turquoise for a oh, while. Oh sure, when everybody. I, when oh, I was, yes. you know, in high school, I had, I had the sharks. And the Miami Dolphins the are Charlotte still into Hornets. The yeah, <laughs> they were always into the turquoise. Yeah, yeah, they were into the turquoise before turquoise was I had, cool. I had yep. the Charlotte Hornets jacket. I had the San Jose the starter sharks. jacket. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I had uh, the uh, San Jose Sharks hat. I uh, had a Florida Marlins hat. Um, actually, the Detroit Pistons went to the uh, oh. turquoise oh. with the horse for a while. It was bad, which I guess represented horsepower. Yeah. I didn't really get You know it what? I was time. never, even though I was, I, I liked the turquoise stuff that they did in yeah. the midnight. I was not a fan of that, though. No, me either. Me either. Nobody was. No. It was shit. But we do, we do have a top three so far of the major. Uh, we do have an official majors top three for, okay. uh, for, um, baseball MLB hats. Number one is the Yankees. That's cool. Number two is the Tigers. And number three is the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, I like based, that. Cool. Based off voting right now, um, we still have some teams left over. That was my top three, and that's probably the way it should be. I mean, my, my top three, I put it kind of a goofy order, but... But uh, yeah, that was my top three. Well, we still have we still have Boston, Los Angeles, Minnesota, the Cubs, the Giants, the Indians, and the Rockies to rank in all of this. So I know I'm not going to get Boston or LA into the you know into the top five here. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'll make my six or ten after the show or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, because you guys, uh, well, I mean, you guys. Um, There's just so many teams I hate. I'm like that in every sport. Well, can yeah. we I hate the majority? Well, of the can teams. we can we get a top or top five going right now? I mean, just based off the teams that we have and we haven't yeah, of ranked course. yet. Yeah. Um, okay, so we still have the Indians, Rockies, Boston, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Cubs, I like and the Giants up there. I do like that one. It's all right. No, like was saying no. Stink I just hate that city. Sorry. I had yeah, a, you know just in sports. I've never been there. I heard it's a very nice city. But. I, I had them ranked five. Um, what about the Cubs coming in at number oh, four? I think the Cubs should be four for sure. 
I I agree. All right. Well, you guys out out out. Uh, well, I'll vote it, me. Is there any is there any teams in any of your top threes that aren't in there yet? Nope. No, my Cubs. Cubs were Cubs. number three. Okay, Cubs, Cubs are there. What, yep. What so was Cubs your, are gone. What was your top three. My top three were Yankees, Detroit, and Boston. Okay. Well, then Boston should probably be number. You know, I but, don't like it. But. Uh, you guys both don't like Boston, though. Yeah, can we veto it? Like, but uh, I did have I did have Minnesota in the top five, and you liked Minnesota as well. well and you got to put it. So yeah. it looks like Minnesota comes in at number five. All right, so uh, we have the Yankees. We have the Yankees, Tigers, Reds, Cubs, and Minnesota as the top. I, put, I honestly, I put the White Sox in. Uh, yeah, White Sox. Are like. Their hats way better in Minnesota's, and I freaking hate the White Sox. Sorry. Yeah. White, oh, Sox, hey. White Sox weren't on our top five. That's true. They well, were. it's just because I would have never put them in my top. <laughs> Indians, anybody? I like the Indians. I hat. hate the Indians hats. Oh, really? I hate it. Yeah. Hate them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're okay. not very PC, though. No. That's probably one of the reasons I don't like it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I like the Orioles. I like the Phillies. Um, Orioles? Orioles? I always thought the Orioles were yeah, cool. I like, cool. I like that. I, I don't like the Orioles because they're, they're making fun of birds and they're putting birds down. So, <laughs> <laughs> Avian rights. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do, have, we do have our top five. So I think that's enough. You think that's enough for now? Yep. All right, we'll get the rest up uh, on our website, themajors.net. We'll get the whole top ten going here, so you can check that out later. Um, you know, we'll get some feedback from Tip. Absolutely. He He'll Absolutely. obviously put the Yankees first, which is fine. But in the meantime, though, we're going to go ahead, and we have time, though, to take another commercial break, so we're going to go ahead and do that. This is The Majors Live on themajors.net. We'll be right back. week's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Gosh, Johnny, playing in the cave sure is neat. Oh, boy, a kitty cat. Sassy, the kitty cat's yelling. What, Sassy? It's not a kitty, it's a bobcat? Speaking of cats, do you like to stress the importance of adopting cats from animal shelters? Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year? Millions of healthy cats to choose from. It's a shame more people don't adopt from shelters. This bobcat's heavy. Help, Sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow. What's that supposed to mean? Oh, nuts! Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile. And that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier. That the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. 
Once upon a time, old Scrooge sat down before the fire. Ah, humbug. With great astonishment, Marley's ghost came through the heavy door and passed into the room. <gasps> what do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. To read A Christmas Carol and other books online, go to www.read.gov. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody, to The Majors Live on themajors.net. 734-259-4941 is the number to call in. Or you can text in at 248-429-7729. We've, uh, we've had a lot to discuss today or on tonight's show. We, uh, went into, you know, we talked about the Indy 500 this weekend or a fan question. You know, will you be watching the Indy 500? Talked a lot about Lance Armstrong, um, all those new doping allegations coming out. His former teammate, uh, Tyler Hamilton. I'm telling 60 Minutes that he's witnessed, uh, you know, Lance Armstrong taking performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, Phoenix Suns president, um, um, Rick Wiltz, comes out and says that, you know, he's gay. So we talked, you know, at length, too, about is is the sports world ready for a gay athlete? And, um, again, I had a little little bit of a mini rant going on about about Tigers fans and Jim Leland and, uh, you know, just— Support the scab. I exactly. Like Su- support the skip. You know, well, yeah, I'm not telling him support him all the time. I don't support him all the time. I, th- I you know, I question not only Jim Leland. I question, you know, any sure. coach's move sometimes. I mean, you saw I was, you know, I, I go on and on and on about Rich Rodriguez and the stuff that he did. So, and is Rich Rodriguez more knowledgeable on, about football than me? No, but I mean, he's. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> But no. he should be. <laughs> no. I mean, Rich Rodriguez knows obviously more than about football. You know, Adam, any gotta, of us combined, but still. I, I mean, got to say, you know, this is a. You know, we always cover a pretty wide spectrum here, but is there a sport we haven't talked about in this episode? Tennis. No, no, we, we, we talked about tennis. We're, we're going we're, we're to be getting to tennis. <laughs> no, the 30-second drill, We mentioned too. tennis a little bit already. We've talked cycling. We've talked uh, wrestling, auto racing, wrestling. wrestling yep. I mean, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. I mean, I think. We haven't talked about boxing yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, we did. Well, I guess we mentioned Well, we briefly. did talk about we Yeah, we did mention boxing, boxing br- briefly. Very briefly. When I was really? going over the deaths of. Yes. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, so. okay. Yeah. Wow, yeah. This has been a. Uh, wow. Nice catch there, Squirrel. Yeah, thanks. That is, uh, that is pretty crazy. Soccer? That we've, uh, we've not, oh, we, we're talking about sports, though. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Soccer is uh, difficult to watch for some individuals. There we, 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 we just covered soccer. We haven't talked though. about field hockey either, but I didn't know we were counting. Awesome. <laughs> girls sports. Good-looking bras. Good-looking bras to play uh, field mm-hmm. hockey. 
So let me tell you that. Yep. Yeah, it's that true. and uh, that and volleyball too. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of the volleyballs are, you know, some Depends of them are, on the team. Yeah, they're they're CWDs. A couple of them. You watch, you watch Arizona State and USC. <laughs> no, <Of course>. okay. <laughs> yeah, no, there there's still some nice ones, but some of the some of the volleyball chicks are. They they need to be tested not for performance enhancing <laughs> drugs but whether or not they're really a chick. Yeah, what like about what about Soviet team? Yeah. What about beach volleyball though? Even them, it just even depends them. on the team. Yeah, even them. You I've know, seen some horrific beach yeah. volleyball. Because you know what, uh, Misty May Trainer, mm-hmm. obviously, you know her partner. I can't remember her partner's name, but her partner looks good from behind. But once you see her face, yeah. Oh my God! Oh, she's a triple bagger. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Misty May, I mean, she's she's not bad. She's okay. No, I don't. I, I mean, I mean, Squirrel likes to you know rank girls on how many beers it would take him to. Uh, yeah. You know to, you know, he'd have to drink before he'd get in bed with her. But Misty May is um, eight away. Eight? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Maybe seven. Two, maybe. Hmm. Those are serving size beers, not Boombas. <laughs> <laughs> does it make a dif- Does it make a difference though if they're rich? Like maybe do you, are you more willing to do it if they're rich, mm. and maybe you can get lucky enough to get them yeah. pregnant. Yeah. No. No. It. No. It. It matters. If nothing else, it's like it's like I'm. <laughs> I'm not buying you a beer, right? You're buying me one. <laughs> <laughs> if she's buying me a beer, then it takes one. Would you? Would Would you want to get Oprah pregnant? Uh, sure. Yeah. I'd sure. Why not? I'm. Don't know that Oprah can get pregnant yeah, anymore. I don't, I don't okay. If, 60, okay. If she, if she still could. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, sure. Sure, I'll get over it. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Let's give it a shot. Call us, call us Oprah, 734-259-4941. <laughs> her show ends Tuesday or whatever yes. it is. So. Yeah, maybe she'll do Actually, a I think it Actually, I did. No, wait. Was it, it today? I think it's the 25th. So Was that? Okay. Was that Thursday? today? I think Thursday, maybe. Wait, 25th isn't today? Today's 24th. Oh, it's tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow. There oh, we man, go. I got to DVR that shit. It's yeah. a monumental you, day. Why don't you get on that, Nicholas? You're going to DVR the final Oprah television. show? I probably am. Oh, man. I could just only imagine what Dylan's going to say to you. Trust me, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> if you looked at her DVR, it's the least of his work. <laughs> you know... I have he probably, stopped being shocked a long time ago. <laughs> I know you watch a lot of silly stuff, Nicholas, but uh, <laughs> DVRing Oprah's last show. Oh, I gotta, and, and then the way he went about it, he's like, oh, man, I got to DVR that tomorrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I literally like said, oh, you no, don't understand growing wait. up in my house that that was Oprah. A lot of people's moms like Whatever. Oprah, Nicholas. You're it's not, a huge thing. You're not the only guy in the world who's. Mom. <laughs> wait, the only, a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Who else likes Oprah? Who do you think? Oh, I, are you insinuating that the Tip is an Oprah fan? He used to be a ma- massive He's, Oprah fan. Oh my wow, God, are you wow. kidding me? We trust me. I lived in an Oprah Winfrey house. Like that was it was Oprah. What about Oprah, your sister? Oprah. What about your sister? Oh. Everyone, you were. We were. Oh, is all I have to say. We were since I was a child, a young kid. So that's what was on in the house. I didn't know any different. When you need, you need to supply me with I, oxygen. I can't wait. This bit. <laughs> she dumped that shit. Yeah. Did she? Did she? Yeah. That's why she stopped own. Started ah. own because she didn't like the way oxygen was going. Because oh, she really? owns it too. She does. That sounds like a squirrel joke right there. It does. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a squirrel joke. Oh man, it was almost dumb enough to make this squirrel catalog. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait till Tip comes back next week. Now. Yeah, we're gonna have to give him some shit about this. 
Oh, man. But you know what? We're going to go ahead and preview next week's show a little bit. We didn't get quite get to it so much uh, this week, but um, ESPN released a mm-hmm. new book today, actually, on just the uh, you know just the beginnings and you know kind of the behind the scenes stuff of of ESPN and obviously ESPN has has changed the the face of of sports as we know it now I mean, I mean at one it, point they were even doing it for the better yeah oh yeah absolutely and you know ESPN is is something that it, it's it's synonymous with sports I mean when sure. you think of sports you think of ESPN and you know that Right there with like the majors live. Exactly, exactly. I mean, at one point the majors will be bigger than ESPN, mm-hmm. but you know, that's only that's a, that's still a couple of years down the road here. But uh, does that mean we have to be huge tools like ESPN too? Well, I figure we're already huge tools, oh, okay. but right. <laughs> we've already got that covered. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean that that is one of the things that is in this book too is just how big of a giant douchebag. If you couldn't already tell that guys like Chris Berman. And Keith Olbermann already were. Keith Olbermann. But, you know, since I'm a liberal, I kind of like Keith Olbermann, though. So, How can uh, you like Keith Olbermann? That's an idiot. Seriously. How can you like Keith Olbermann? Like Keith Olbermann. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you, you label me as a conservative a lot of times, and I, I'm not going to stick up for Rush Limbaugh. I mean, the guy's a complete moron. Hey, but you're gonna like Keith Olbermann. That that's just as that's as bad or worse, honestly. <laughs> yeah, is it is a conservative liking Rush Limbaugh, oh. someone who has a legitimate ideology about something, <laughs> respecting the opinion of Rush Limbaugh or Keith Olbermann is to me your your Keith Olbermann isn't as bad as Rush Limbaugh. Yes, yes he, he is. is. No. Yes, he is. Yeah, he no. Is. He oh, absolutely yeah, he is. is. No, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes. In your opinion, maybe. No, oh, not, no. It's not just my opinion. Ke- They're Keith both Oldman complete is idiots. a lunatic. No, I, I like Keith Oldman. Whatever. Wow. Wow. Anyways, though. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if uh, if you're gonna go out and get this book, it's, the only it's, difference between the two is I think Rush Limbaugh actually has more sports knowledge. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. No Rush way. Yes, he does. Absolutely. No, he actually does. No, he Honestly, totally does. Adam, he does. Rush Limbaugh actually is less unbiased when it comes to sports than Keith Olbermann is. Unless you're talking about black players, then uh, then uh, Rush Limbaugh's. An I, I think that's overblown. <laughs> I think <laughs> Rush Limbaugh's an idiot, but I think the Rush Limbaugh's a racist thing is a bit overblown. My my opinion. But are you guys gonna go out and uh, check out this book at all, um, the ESPN book? Because I know, I mean, I don't I don't get a whole lot of books. I I mean, I'm honestly, not to tell you the truth. I'm not I'm not much. I'm not much for reading. I mean, the only things that I do read is when I'm, you know, mm-hmm. combing the, uh, you know, the, you know, the sports websites out there. To you know, honestly, Adam, I them. will, I will check out this book. I, I'm going to be 100 percent honest. I will check out this book for the sake of this show. I, I, I will check out this book because I co-host a sports podcast. Otherwise, I can't. I'd be pretty disingenuous to say that. This book really interests me, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, it doesn't. To be honest, I, I, the, I, I know, in my opinion, more than I need to know about ESPN as it is. I mean, it's shoved down our throats constantly. So, I don't have a ton of interest in this book. I will check it out for the sake of this show, but that, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, 
I mean, is it is it basically just because of what ESPN is now? I mean, because in a way, ESPN is kind of uh, I don't want to say it's destroyed sports, mm-hmm. but it's I don't think it's done anything good for sports in the lately. Past ten, yeah. In the past ten years, especially. Oh no, especially the last ten. Just years. a lot of the you. I think you guys are actually maybe being even a little more harsh. I was gonna say last four or five years, um, but you you might be right with with ten. I just some of the major problems we have with sports right now. Just some of the, you know, just some of the media BS that just surrounds a lot of these players. You can almost directly blame ESPN for that. I mean, it's just, just silliness. You know, the, the stuff that people just can't stand about it. Oh, you yeah. can you can really pin a lot of that on ESPN. And like I said, you know. I've been watching ESPN my entire life, like everyone has, of course. And of late, I'm not a big fan of ESPN. They they drive me crazy, actually. I do whatever I can to avoid ESPN, actually. So with that being said, with my personal, you know, right now attitude of ESPN, I don't have a ton of desire to go out and read a book about them. But... Yeah, I'll probably check it out for uh, for the sake of the show. Yeah, I, I'm honest. I'm reading like three books right now, so mm-hmm. it's always so hard for me. I'm always reading way too much uh, stuff at the same time. Did uh, you get I, out? Did you get them recommended by the Oprah Book Club? No, <laughs> I have never read a book from the Oprah Book Club. Um, <laughs> not that I know of. Sorry, Legolas, I did. I did. Hey, I don't. That's <laughs> I'm fine. pretty sure I probably have, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know I actually really want to read this book now. I honestly, I. I hadn't heard too much about it until today, um, but I definitely want to uh, read this book because, uh, especially as a young kid growing up, Sports Center was my favorite show, and Sports Center mm-hmm. used to be awesome. It was a great show. It really was a great show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dan Patrick. Uh, I still love Dan Patrick. I and think Keith Olbermann, yeah, too. Dan really Patrick, good. Keith Olbermann was honestly he was my favorite guy on uh, on Sports Center for a back while, in you know 1991 or 92 or whatever it was, long time ago. But uh, all those guys, Craig Kilborn, yeah, it, it was Craig fantastic. Kilborn, I, I mean, it was a great show. And then it was that's why I say about ten years ago. About ten years ago, all of a sudden, it had a lot to do with a lot of pretty much every guy from the original Sports Center was gone, and it was this new crew who was just trying Except to... Except Chris Berman. Chris no. Berman's still there. Well, Chris Berman just... And he used to be good. He used to be pretty good. Not anymore, though. He's... He was okay. Um, <laughs> but honestly, the the new crew, and I'm, and I'm counting basically the guys who over the last 12 years, all they've done is tried to copy off of... They're still trying to copy off what they did 20 years ago. You know, you know what it's... And it's just a garbage... Car- copy of them. It's just not. It's a garbage show now. It's like the new Saturday Night Live, almost. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I agree. I except Ever- I actually do think Saturday Night Live is better than Sports Center. Well, it's one of those things where Saturday Night Live right now isn't at its worst. Yeah. I'm not sure that Sports Center actually right now is at its worst. You it's know? just not. Yeah. It's just you compare it and say, oh yeah, they're they're kind of getting better, but they still aren't what they used to be. Oh no, and definitely. And I have doubts that they ever will be. And at this point, I'm not sure even even I'm not sure if I'm talking about Sports Center or Saturday Night Live. So I guess it's just both. But I think what I just said is is really true about both those shows. That you know they they keep them going, and sure every once in a while they improve. But I don't I just don't think they're ever gonna get back to you know 
the former glory. Probably no, not. no, and honestly, the main and the problem with the ESPN, and you could say the same extent for Saturday Night Live, except Saturday Night Live has done did a better job, you know, in the '90s of reinventing itself again. Mm-hmm. But the problem with Sports Center now is what was so great about Sports Center is when they came on, it was like a, a completely new thing. You never sure. saw guys on acting like that in Wide World of Sports or whatever. You know, just goofy, off the cuff, like just saying ridiculous things, making mm-hmm. up new words to describe things. And that's what was cool about it. It was fresh. It was new. And it was, you know, it was just fun. Now you watch it and it's just like, that. that's like the sports center way. Yeah. And now it's just these guys who, the original guys, like, I I'm, I think that's how they acted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to use an overused term, sports center is a caricature of itself. Exactly. Basically. That's all it is. It, yeah. is, is what the show like, has Like become. Dan Patrick and those guys said uh, back when they first started, he said they acted like that because they didn't think in a million years anyone was actually going to watch the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said they pretty much had free range to do whatever they wanted because their viewership was so low that the ESPN itself was just like it. It doesn't matter how you guys act, really. I mean, like, it's not like we're trying to impress upon anybody. Yeah, so. this is just for, like, the hardcore sports slappies yeah. is what the show was originally designed yeah, for. Oh, totally. And when you have your ratings go up, they're, they're trying to still bring in more, and I don't know that there's more people to bring in. No, not anymore, especially because the, everyone just seems fake on it. Mm-hmm. It just seems everyone's just copying. Yep. Copies are never good. Nope. Um, we are going to move into the 30-second drill, though. Uh... We're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, first question, we've heard the rumors about uh, Sacramento being moved out of Sacramento, and I'm talking about the Sacramento Kings and the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, has the California sports market be too, become too flooded, though? So go ahead, scroll. Go ahead and take it away. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is. I think uh, this this has been true for several years. Um, I I've got to imagine that for the people in California, this is annoying, but it cannot be half as annoying as it is to the rest of us to just constantly be, where should a team move? California, California. That's just, it's always up there. The teams, despite how successful or unsuccessful a team is there, it's just always the option. And yeah, it's way too flooded and it's annoying. Go ahead, Nicholas. Uh, absolutely. I just a preliminary count. I counted, I think, fourteen sports teams out of the out of the four major sports, mm-hmm. which is absurd. I know California's a huge state, sure, population wise, biggest state, blah blah blah. But that is appalling amount of teams in one state, especially since every time you talk about a team moving, it seems like it's always like, oh well, you know, they're, oh, they're going to move, they're going to move. And like I've said before, it's the only state in the union where that they when they move, they go to other cities in the same state. So sure. it just shows the problem is just nobody cares. Yeah, I agree, Nicholas. I know this is we're, we only get 30 seconds, but I realize the state's huge, but eight teams would be pushing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Two teams for sport is a lot. Yeah. You know, one in northern, one in southern. I get that, but more than that, come on. In hockey, they basically have two teams in L.A. They have Anaheim mm-hmm. and they have Los Angeles, and Anaheim and Los Angeles are just, you know, it's. I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably just, like, from, you know, Plymouth to uh, <laughs> yeah, what, Detroit. Uh, Detroit or Plymouth sure. to, uh, I don't know, Farmington Hills or something. Yeah. It's not far at all. Um Next question, does Albert Pujols deserve to go to this year's All-Star game? Albert Pujols has not had a very good start to the season. Um, Very, very low batting average. 
I had that in front of me here a second ago. I don't have it in front of me right now, but um, based off of his eight poor home num- runs, right? Yeah, based off his based off of his poor numbers. I mean, does he deserve to go to the All Star game, or should he go to the All? That's a better way of putting it. Should he go to the All Star game? Like, let's go on. You go ahead and take this one first. Uh, no, but will he? Absolutely, just because of the way, uh, just because of the way the All Star game is. But um, no, he he definitely shouldn't go to the All Star game this year, and. Because the Ulster game, in my opinion, it should not be based on anything but how you're playing that season. And it's stats. It's just based on – this Ulster game should be based on stats. So uh, especially if you've got a guy like Albert Pujols who's always played great. I'm not going to say he won't have a great season this year. But, no, just the way he's been playing so far, no. Go ahead, Lickless. Or Squirrel. Uh, does he deserve to be in the Ulster game? Uh, no. Will he go? Probably. Um and I mean, this is based on voting by the fans. Question: I know this isn't the question, but you know, the All Star Game is picked by fan voting. I like that the All Star Game is picked by fan voting. I agree with that, and I'm happy with it. And that will probably lead to Albert Pujols going to the All Star Game. But do I think he deserves to be there? No, I don't. There's just other players deserve it over him. Two words, Lance Berkman. That's why you shouldn't go to the <laughs> But uh, he is batting 268 right now with your right eight home runs, Squirrel, uh, and 51 hits. So not yeah. very good in his RBIs. He only has 26 RBIs. It's a popularity hit, contest. The hits it. That's 51 hits isn't bad. 51 hits isn't bad, but the uh, 268 batting average. No, 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 the, definitely. Yeah, Especially the, for him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, school. You kind of led us into the next. Uh, our next question here is: Should there still be fan voting um, in uh, for the Midsummer's Classic? Blickless, why don't you go ahead and uh, Blickless, you could take this one first. Should there still be voting? Should there still be fan voting for uh, uh, the Midsummer Classic? No, I honestly, I am actually, I'm, I, uh, I am not a fan of fan voting. Um, I think it's. I, I think uh, fan voting is cool, I guess, but basically all fan voting ever is is a popularity contest. This is just why you'll have Shaquille O'Neal make the All-Star game if he hasn't even played a game. And I just think that sucks. Yao Ming gets top votes. He wasn't even playing in the league last year. It's, so, I, I no, I, I am not a fan of fan voting, no, no pun intended, in any sport. I think if they said you get to vote one guy in or something like that, I would have no problem with that. But having fans fill out rosters, I always think is a, just a terrible idea because always the people who don't know what they're talking about win. Squirrel. You know, I, I like it for the uh, MLB All-Star game just because it's so much fun to do when you're uh, at, at the park and stuff. Um, but... I don't have a ton more to say about the Midsummer Classic. I, I, I didn't really disagree with anything Lickless just said. Um, I mean, it, you, it's pretty undeniable, actually, what Lickless just said. So in this case, yeah, I mean, I do agree with him. And finally, um, we'll go ahead and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put this one to you, Squirrel, first. Uh, who will bounce back first, Serena Williams or Tiger Woods? <laughs> you know, I, I hope it's Serena Williams, but I think it will be Tiger Woods. Um, I think Tiger's going to bounce back here pretty soon. I'm not sure that Serena Williams is going to bounce back. Um, I'm a fan of hers. I, I, you know, I just, she's getting older, especially for her particular sport, and she's hurt. Tiger's hurt, but 
he's not old for his particular sport, and I definitely think he's got it. And I do think a lot of what's going on with Tiger is mental. I still think he's got it, and I think he's going to come back and come back big. I was going to say, let's go to the Grand Pumba of tennis uh, knowledge. So I have you go to take stick with what I've been saying for months. I really don't think Serena is going to come back. If she comes back, it'll be in a very, very limited role and nothing compared to even her limited play over the last couple of years, which for her has been normal. But um, I, I think Tiger has a better chance. Tiger, like he said, man, it, Tiger's, you know, whatever. He's having a, it was an ACL problem or ankle problem or something like that. I still think it's mental. I genuinely think it's mental. Um, so, and hey, mental ain't easy to get over either. No. So, uh, but I do think Tiger has a better chance. All right. Well, uh, you know, one thing that's remarkable about Serena Williams is she's she's big. Oh no, she's definitely a yeah. big person. You know, I would have thought in tennis you need to be somewhat, you mm-hmm. know, lean and, you know, to get around the, you know, get around the court and everything, and it's because it's a quick game. Oh, it's very quick. She is. The thing about her, she's though, like LeBron James. Is a, is oh a no, and she's, she, but she, that's what was so good about her when, and uh, when she was heavier too. That's usually when she would get hurt, and then mm-hmm. she would, uh, she would get in shape, and she would be. I mean, she couldn't be a small person if she wanted to be, just because yeah. that's how she's built. But her sister's pretty um, small. Isn't no, it? Venus actually is. Venus is very slender, but um, that's actually why Serena's a better tennis player too. Just athletically, power, power. She had. She had more power than anyone. I mean, she she could have rivaled some of the men. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was that strong. So, but that's why her being out like this is so tough because of because she's put such wear on her body. Yeah. By the way, she's always been so physically active. It's you know it's harder and it's harder on bigger people too. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, anyways, that's gonna do it this week for uh, for the majors live. We'll be back at you again this uh, this Tuesday. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time right here on TheMajors.net. And then make sure you stay tuned for Grouty this week, uh, 8 o'clock p.m. on Grouty.com or TheMajors.net. And uh, going into that, we have Detroit Sports Weekly as well, 6.30 p.m. on TheMajors.net. Other than that, um, we'll see you guys next time. Make sure you stay tuned for extra innings coming up next. Big question there, should the NFL penalize teams for vicious hits, which it looks like they're about to do? Um, So for Squirrel, for Lickless, for Tip at Home, I am Adam saying have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next time.